Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and thank you for tuning in to our Thursday night programming of Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> but why wouldn't you tune into the greatest show heard all around the world? Here we are. It's Thursday night. It's time to get driven, everybody. Totally Driven Radio. We are live on the air tonight. Are you ready? I'm ready. So you better be ready. Let's do it, everybody. Let's get driven. Let's have a good time. Let's have a good night. And let's have some laughs and laughs and laughs. And there's, there's, there's somebody on the phone with me who likes to laugh. It's a good friend of mine. And... uh He's a funny fucking guy. I have to say so myself. And he put his air conditioner on today. Tells you how hot he was. Out there in the desert. On the left side of the world. As in Arizona. (laughs) Mr. Nick. What's going on there, buddy? What's up, man? Uh, so, So the AC actually went on today? The AC is on. So how Sometimes... Sometimes I'll put it in the house, on in the house. And, and, you know, sometimes it's not because of the temperature. Sometimes it just gets stuffy or whatever. But it's on in my man cave. And when it's on in there, you know what I mean, you know that the heat's starting to build. Well, I don't know. Like, Nick's man cave is actually like a separate little – it's almost – I guess it was probably like a garage maybe at one time, like a detached garage from the house or something. No, you know what it is, is um, there's a garage attached to the house. There's a door that goes from the dining room into the garage. And um, at the back of the garage, there's a little room that used to be, by the looks of it, it used to be the laundry room because there's some connections out here. But there's also a workbench and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it was just like a little workroom, I guess, utility closet, if you will. Right, I guess. Yeah, you. yeah, but they but they changed all that. They moved the water heater and everything to the other side of the house and uh, built a separate room on there for that. So this was just really just a dark, empty room. You know what I mean? And uh, 
I changed that. <laughs> now, the, and the funny part is that it now has an air conditioner. That was actually the first thing I bought for this room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you know what's scary? Now, wait. Now, how hot did it get for you today to actually turn it on? Well, it's funny. I'm going to tell you that it wasn't that hot today because it was only uh, 89, I think. Yeah, 89. And uh, But the thing is, when it's, you know, when it's 95, 89, 92, 93, after a couple of days, that heat, it sticks around. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Sure. Totally. So, yeah, so it sucks. And it's it's going up. I mean, this whole week, it's going to go up and up and up. Well, I'll tell you what, I've actually have popped my air conditioner on a few times over the past week because um, it's hit like high 60s, 70. One day it actually hit 74. And uh, yeah, it, it was like just, it was real stuffy. And yeah, you know, I, I can just feel like the insides of me sweating. And it was going insane. And I had to put the AC on. I know exactly what you mean by that feeling. You know what I mean? It's it's not necessarily cold, but it's just, yeah, you need that flow of cold air. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of uh, of the heat, here, here is the heat miser himself. himself <laughs> Mr. Jimmy Gennetti. What's going on there, buddy? Hey, how are you? Good. So are you all excited for your trip tomorrow morning? No. <laughs> so it, 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 tomorrow, like uh, so, Janetti's flying up here for the weekend. So uh, tomorrow is going to be uh, take your friend to work day with Jimmy Janetti. Oh, lucky them! <laughs> Make sure there's lots of Pepsi for him. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> Have sex. Oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. Uh, so, all right. So, tell yeah, me, no. let's uh, let's run that down real quick. We got a uh, we got three guests. We have uh, as always coming up in the first hour and a few minutes. We have our good friend, Miss Kristen Burt. We're going to get, find out uh, the dirt scoop in the news from out in the streets of Hollywood for this week. And then coming up at nine o'clock, we have an interview with uh, guitarist extraordinaire, uh, pianist extraordinaire, and this dude's young man. He's he's only like uh, I think he's like eighteen now. Um, he's Damian Christian, and uh, I got to talk to him actually last week. He's a huge Randy Rhodes fan, so he hit it all the time. So cool interview, really nice kid, and super 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 talented, uber talented. So uh, check him out. And then coming up in the last hour, we have uh, the promoter of the Nostalgia Fest Philly uh, convention coming up, which is uh, next weekend, April 8th and 9th. It's at, uh, I think it's called the Tudor House in Northeast Philly. We'll be running over the whole lineup of the show and all more and more as we go on tonight and as we talk to uh, Mr. Eric Cohn. So, uh, yeah, so so that's uh, tonight's show. It's going to be a fun show. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I'm really looking forward to, like, you know, learning about the whole Nostalgia Fest. And, uh, you know, <laughs> usually we talk to the people who are, like, the star, like the celebrities at these shows or guests at these shows. 
it, it's very right. rare that we get to talk to the person who's actually doing the show, putting it on. Oh, wow. It sounds like it's really cool. I like anything like that that has a specific theme, you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, so it's going to be um, it's going to be cool. Definitely going to be cool. Cannot wait. <clears throat> so, what's uh, what's new with you guys? <laughs> Nobody wants to say How's anything. How's the Wawa, Jimmy? Wawa is great. <laughs> it is still, you know, something. Honestly, though, I I went today. Uh, to go over and get us another sub, uh, Hoagie. And they're still jammed. Even today, they were jammed. Oh, wow. And I went in there about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and, you know, I, I had, uh, honestly, trouble parking. I had to go around the parking lot once. Uh and you know, I I do, man. I feel bad for those two uh, other gas stations over there. <laughs> They're screwed. You know, it's crazy. I didn't know this when you were talking about this last week when you called in from there. Um, my cousin, my or my cousins, my uh, my cousin Booby, which actually you've mentioned, Eddie. Uh, her husband mm-hmm. Mo is uh, is a manager, store manager for a Wawa in Northeast Philly somewhere, right. and. Uh, my cousin Peter's twin daughters work for uh, Wawa as well. Well, the three of them have been down there in Florida getting them stores open. Yeah. They've been working. Oh, yeah, they usually do. They they send like seasoned, experienced workers down there to handle the you know that that fast paced of the brand opening and stuff. That's really cool, though, man. They have needed it. Honestly, I have not seen, um, you know, normally when you walk into a Wawa in, in North, in, in, you know, back home, uh, you see maybe four people working, five maybe, you know. This, honest to God, has had, this store, you know, even the last week has been at least 10 or 11 employees every time I walk in there. Wow. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And they're baking their own bread. They're making their own shit back there. Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I'm going to eat the other half of my hoagie here as soon as I put myself back on mute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you, you can mute out for a little bit if you like because uh, we're going to unmute this person. Let's welcome to the show, Miss Kristen Burt or Mrs. Kristen Burt. How are you, Kristen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I know. I'm Mrs. Mendietta, actually. <laughs> but it's too long and complicated to pronounce and spell for people sometimes. So I'm like, eh, it's still Bert. <laughs> so what's happening? Oh, my goodness. Busy week out here in Hollywood. Like, lots of weird, strange news. I was, like, just going over even the news of the day, and I'm like, these are some weird topics we have. Um and kind of starting off on, on the first one, this keeps popping up like every few months, and I don't think we've talked about it, but the fact that Pamela Anderson may be dating Julian Assange, 
Don't you think that's a weird story? Wait, who? Who's she named? Julian Assange. <laughs> Julian Assange, the WikiLeaks guy. Really? Yeah, I was gonna say Bay doesn't know who that is. <laughs> I don't. Know. He doesn't know who that. I thought I thought it was a female. <laughs> I was gonna say, wait a minute. No, no, it's a guy. He's he's the one. Uh, the WikiLeaks founder, he's the one that's released all of this in emails, news, and uh, political news, and everything else. Um, and he is hiding out in the Ecuadorian, uh, Ecuadorian um, embassy in London. So she keeps on going over there and visiting him. And she's, you know, been visiting him quite a lot over the last seven months. And now, it's just see, like, I'm... I don't know what A and B just don't go together. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I just pulled him up, and I'm looking at a picture of him. I'm like, how do you go from Tommy Lee to Kid Rock to him? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's very, very smart. Um, if you're the WikiLeaks she... founder, you're obviously extremely brainy. You know, women like brains. So there's definitely that, and I'm sure and hope that her taste has evolved over the years. But she's really on a campaign to sort of, you know, get him out of asylum and, like, get him back to the U.S. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. Because, you know, he's a very controversial figure, and he's been playing very heavily into world and global events. I think the U.S. government hired her. She's a double agent. They're just trying to get that boy back in the States. (laughs) And they're like, we're going to use Pamela Anderson. That's actually a great movie plot, don't you think? There you go. Yeah. Bring her back. We'll get uh, the Baywatch, babe. But I mean, and she brings in like vegan sandwiches. I was like, that's depressing. No. <laughs> if I was like living in an embassy, I'd be like, bring me a cheeseburger from the United States, please. <laughs> I don't care if it's London. I want like an American cheeseburger. Not a vegan sandwich. <laughs> you know, it's funny. As I was just saying, um, I was grabbing a drink out of the fridge before we went on the air, and I have a nice, fresh jar of pickles right there. And every time I look mm. at it, I'm like, I just want a juicy freaking cheeseburger to put pickles on. I get um, extra pickles on my cheeseburger every time. It's uh, my favorite thing on top of a burger. Oh, uh, yes. Got to have pickles. Yep. Super sour. Love them. Yep. That's what I want. well we're gonna have to like update you on julian assange a little bit more or uh they even did a film a few years back um with benedict cumberbatch he played julian assange and i can't think of the name off the top of my head but it was all about the wikileaks nick you don't know that one (laughs) you know it's funny it was the fifth estate I saw it, too, and it didn't do as well as they thought it was going to be because I saw it during kind of the, the pre-award show nomination season, so they were really making a push for it, and it just kind of fell flat um, with both critics and at the box office, so it just didn't wind up being the big Oscar bait that they had hoped. Um, yes. Yeah. I think it was The Fifth Estate. I, I think that's yes, what it was called. Yes, that's it. Yes, yes. That's it. Yeah, and it, they, they tried to make it sort of like this, thriller you know what I mean and it, honestly it just wasn't that interesting no because it's like you I mean you really have to I mean you really have to give it some sort of edge and things like that and I get that the U.S. government wants him back here and everything but at the same time I'm like it's basically him in front of a laptop <laughs> that's it <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> 
Uh, so I, I, I've been dying to tell you this all week. I listened yeah. to Leah Remini's book. Ooh, what'd you think? Oh, my God. First off, if anybody has not read it yet, you can't read it. You have to listen to it because she does the audio. And just listening to her emotion through it adds to the fire. I mean, my head was spinning. But I got to one point where I was so pissed off I had to turn it off. Like, it was just the stuff that was just freaking me out and pissing me off. And it is just a cult. It's just a cult, and it's scary, and um, and the part that I got so infuriated with that I had to turn it off was uh, Tom Cruise's wedding. All the stuff happening at Tom Cruise's wedding, and just oh, how baby Surrey, baby Surrey on like the bathroom floor. Yes, 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 yeah. Like what? And like, look. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I'm not a parent, but I'm like, I would be picking that baby up off the floor. I would, I mean, even I know that, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's yeah, insane. Like, uh, yeah. The whole, just the whole scene is just insane. And it, <laughs> I mean, and it's like, they've made Tom Cruise their God. And I kept picturing Tom Cruise, like crucified on a cross. You know, and, and it's very confusing for a lot of people in Hollywood too, because he is one of the nicest men in Hollywood, very gracious with fans, extremely easy to work with um, when it comes to cast and crew. He's professional. He's present. He hangs around with everyone. He brings in, you know, the in-and-out truck and the cupcake truck and the special caterers and people to give massages. So he's very generous in that way as well. Um, so it's hard when all of the, the Scientology news comes up because people get conflicted. They're like, I've worked with him and he's amazing. And you know what I mean? So there's like the it's the Jekyll and Hyde situation. I was just going to say that, and that's totally what it seems like. I'll tell you who's kind of um, I feel bad for. I, I don't know if feel bad is the right word because I mean most of these people are living the lives they want to live. But um, I, if there are some celebrities and some families where the kids have sort of grown up in Scientology. You know what I mean? So when you look at, like, the Mastersons or Jason Lee or something like that, I I almost feel like, it's, I mean, it's the same thing as if, like, your mom was a crazy, you know, diehard Catholic. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't stand a chance. No. I mean, I definitely, <laughs> I, I definitely, I'm here. I definitely agree with that. Um, And, you know, Leah Remini was someone who grew up in the church, too, and she right. just... She was around enough high-level people that she start, started saying, wait a minute, this is not adding up. And, right. you know, there's, if there's one thing about Leah, she didn't have, like, a traditional education, but she's wicked smart. She's street smart. Um, she's common sense smart. I, I just I look at her, and I'm like, she's a sharp woman. And I was like, things just started going, wait a minute, wait a minute. And be on the Internet Googling this stuff, but it was questioning you know, you start sitting there questioning yourself. So she did start Googling, and then she was like, holy cow, look at all the things that are happening. Um, and then she started to question authority. And she has that type of personality where she right. does question authority. But I think so many other people are just following, you know, their lemmings going along. And they're like, no, this is what they told me, so this is what I believe. It's like when you're little yeah. and you're like, Santa Claus is real, and you believe it until you don't. <laughs> Right, and, and I, I can't even imagine, like, the emotional turmoil that she, she went through because 
there had to have been a point in time where, like, she was in the faith, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, mm. that was, she, she believed. And, and if you could imagine, if you do believe that hard, how much it must hurt to lose that belief. And then to have the, the curtain pulled back and to see that not only was it not what you thought and not what you were, you know, raised in, but it was this, like, evil entity. You know what I mean? Like, that's got to be soul-crushing. Like, well, I, I can sort of, like, relate to this. I mean, my family was raised Catholic. I'm from New England. My family did have a member that was involved in the Catholic priest sexual abuse scandal. Um, and it was someone, it was probably the most religious member of my extended family. And it, it rocked oh, wow. their world. Yeah. I mean, and it explains so much of what they went through um, growing right. up as an adult um, and things like that. And it, for all of us, it was like an eye opener, like, holy cow, like someone opened the key and all the stuff spilled out. And we were like, this makes so much sense now. And um, my whole family pretty much left the church. Um you know, it, and it's one of those things, like, I, I, I'm I, pretty snarky about the religion. However, I then married <laughs> a, a man with a very Catholic family. They're very, very religious. Um, and so, you know, I do have to respect their beliefs. But I certainly have moments where I'm like, guys, you don't even know what my family went through, you know? And I don't get right, into no. it because, yeah, you know what I mean? It's It's not worth putting that fight up. It's not, you know? Right, because you know what you believe, and then they know what they believe. And, and honestly, the thing with what she experienced, though, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the toothpaste out of the tube. It, it can never go back. You know what I mean? Like, like you're right. never going to find that again. And that, and that I do sort of, uh, I mean, you have to feel for her because, I mean, it must have just been emotionally just draining to have to go through that and to lose you know, you, your identity and your faith and your friends, and it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Well, and that's what she said, you know, and, I, you know, she says it in the book. She said it in her documentary. Um, she said it in some interviews as well. She's so fortunate that her family all left with her because that is not the norm. Usually husband and wives get separated. Parents and kids get separated. Um, you know, whole entire families get ripped apart. She did lose a lot of friends um, as a result of it, but she made some new friends. And, and I just did an interview with Tony Dovolani uh, from Dancing with the Stars. He was her pro right after she left um, Scientology. She did Dancing with the Stars, and he was like, they are solid friends. They're friends for life. They're family now. Um, but he goes, I watched all of this happen, like the daily you know, ups and downs and what she was feeling and worried about her family safety and worried about her safety. He goes, I was bugged. I was chased. And it was happening to her as well. Um, so, you know, he's witnessed it. And he's like, you guys are all getting to see it now with the book and her documentary series. But he goes, I watched her live it. And he's like, it right. was unbelievable. And, and back, they, that goes back to what you said. You know what I mean? You have to hear the audio book in her words because nobody else will be able to put the emotion and inflection into that than, you know, the person who experienced it all. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's a great way to listen to it. And, and you know, the the one thing too that like was kind of mind blowing to me. And even during um, the the series, I was thinking the same thing when you know when they're talking all about this whole Scientology thing and and uh, you know the, the religion of it and all that. You know, being myself too, also raised Catholic. You know, 
something that you do a lot in religion is pray. And I never heard the word, the word prayer mentioned one time in her book or in that uh, TV series. It's like prayer right. is not part of that religion. Like, so I don't know, like, how do you think it's a religion if there's no, you're not praying to nobody. Like, I don't get it. It's just weird. It, it wasn't granted really a religion until um, they were granted that sort of nonprofit status during the Clinton administration, which is kind of interesting how that all played out too. But, you know, you also have to look at it and it's, it's a series of like, questioning and constantly challenging yourself and challenging other members of the church and tattling on them and things like that, um, which I think is really, really strange. You know, if, if I think you did something wrong, it's up to me to go and tattle on you (laughs) instead of like trying to get you help or, you know, praying for you or going to confession going, this is what happened. It doesn't happen that way. Um, And so everyone becomes very paranoid in the church of Scientology as well. Yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, yeah, you have to write reports on people that are that you see doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you, I mean, you realize that that's sort of a direct parallel to what happened during like the Salem witch trials. You know what I mean? Like people were snitching each other out and getting burned at the stake because they were all crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. I mean, and she talks about it, and, uh, you know, you heard it in the book, that she and Katie Holmes had to, like, write things on each other over that wedding. <laughs> and, I mean, that's just insane. And, you you know, Katie Holmes has been very, very silent. I'm going to imagine that with her divorce agreement, she's got a nondisclosure that is so sealed tight that we'll never hear what happens in that marriage. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, she clearly got out because of her daughter, She Surrey Cruz. And uh, Surrey has no interaction with her dad. And that is not because Tom doesn't want to be a dad. He's obviously been a good dad to his two older kids. It's all because of the religion. And any religion that is keeping you away from your kids, I'm like, how does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's the whole thing's just mind boggling. It really is. <laughs> yes, it certainly is. It's one that, you know, and, and they've lost a lot of, um, you know, their enrollment has gone down. The, the Scientology population is a lot smaller than it even was five, ten years ago. However, they are very wealthy. They're some of the biggest landowners in Los Angeles, and they own some of the most beautiful buildings um, in Hollywood. In fact, they have been one of the pioneers when it comes to renovating Hollywood, making it better, making it safer for everyone. So the city has this weird, like, love-hate with them because, you know, it's a, it's a cult, but at the same time, they've helped revitalize the city. Very right. strange. Yeah, weird. <laughs> oh, everything about it is just so weird. It certainly is. I mean, we could go on for days about it, I think. I never get yeah. tired of it because it's so baffling. It, it, exactly. That, that's the thing. It, it doesn't tire because it is truly baffling. Yeah, and you have these really, like, you have Tom Cruise that's in it, and you have someone like John Travolta. And i got to tell you, I love John Travolta. I, every time I see him in something, even when I'm like, oh, he's so wrong for the role, I'm like, I still love him because he's John Travolta. Um, right. <laughs> and everyone I know that's worked with John Travolta also has incredible things to say about him. Professional, kind, welcoming, warm. Like, you don't hear about that with every celebrity. But, again, I'm like, how does this whole thing happen? And, and you know, Travolta, even more so than Tom Cruise, has 
and the homosexual rumors following him, um, the boyfriend rumors that he's had, like, a, a boyfriend for a long time. And it's like, you know, especially in Los Angeles, we don't care. We really don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, it's one of those things. I'm like, if you really do have a boyfriend, be free. Have fun. You know, live your life. But I don't – rumor is true. And, and you know what, too? Like, in this book, it, it almost comes off sounding like um, like Travolta is – and Kirstie Alley – are almost not, not even like celebrities, you know what I mean? Like, like they're very second rate, it seems, because they don't get along with, um, with Cruz because he doesn't really think too much about them. So it's like they are just like, it's just a weird like feeling I got. Like, like they just didn't consider them celebrities at all. No, and it's true. There's like this weird hierarchy within Scientology and, you know, the A plus list is Tom Cruise and like kind of the B and C list is Christiality and John Travolta. But the weird thing is, is like you want John Travolta at the Oscars just as much as you want Tom Cruise. I mean, John Travolta was at the Emmys and I will tell you, people were tripping over themselves to even try and get a selfie with him backstage in the press area. I mean, he's a big deal. I don't care what you say. He's iconic. Um, you know, not all of his movies are hits, but when he hits a winner, it's a big one. And, right. you know, he's been nominated for Oscars just as much as Tom Cruise has. So, you know, you just have to sit there and, like, look at this and go, this whole religion is crazy. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and Christy Alley, you know, she hasn't done a ton, you know, over the last, um, you know, 15 years or so. However... She was on Cheers. I mean, she had an incredible, she had a film career. She had an incredible TV career. Um, someone that's been very successful in the business. You can't dismiss that. She's been on Dancing with the Stars twice as well. And that's hey. one of the reasons why they don't talk to each other either. Leah you don't and, have uh, to convince us about Kirstie Alley. My daughter's name is Rebecca after her character on Cheers. <laughs> my favorite thing ever was that Rebecca married a plumber like in the last season because I was like that's amazing all she would date is like trust fund guys and then she winds up with a plumber and has never been happy happier <laughs> than with her blue collar guy that was, that was like the perfect ending for me that's funny <laughs> hopefully I didn't spoil it for anyone that hasn't watched the series but <laughs> <laughs> So uh, so what else do you have uh, going on? Um, the other thing that's really interesting, and this is kind of, you know, no one's really sure what's going on, but there's kind of um, a robbery ring going around here in Los Angeles. They are targeting, I robbers are targeting, that. yes, like um, Emmy Rossum's house, Alana, Alanis Morissette, Kevin Hart, um, Nicki Minaj. And we're not talking like, hey, we're stealing your television. We're talking like, hey, we stole $150,000, million, $250,000 worth of jewelry and laptops and things like that. Uh, so they're going for high-end stuff. They're in high-end neighborhoods. There's kind of a small break in the case today. Um, and they believe, and I, I, like when, they, when I was reading this, I was like, are you kidding me? What is it, 1982? Um, the Crips, they believe it's the Crips gang. I mean, remember the blood in the Crips back in the day? I was like, I didn't even know they still existed, you know? Um, so the Crips are targeting high-end neighborhoods, and they, they call it flocking. So they arrive in a, a luxury vehicle, dressed really nice, like they belong there, um, come in a flock, <laughs> a gang of guys. Someone will ring the doorbell if nobody answers. They'll, like, cut the power to the house so that the alarm, obviously, is then 
disconnected, um, and they usually go in around the back and they help themselves to whatever they can find. What does seem now, to be interesting is that – oh, go ahead. Is, now, is, if this is the same group that I read about that hit um, Atlantis Morissette, and, um, yes. uh, I, okay, I, I, I heard, and maybe you can clarify this, but it's not specifically geared at celebrities, right? There's been sort of civilian casualties as well. So they don't think it's like a bling ring type of thing? Is that right. and, and accurate? For, yes. So, yes, it's high-end neighborhoods. And in Los Angeles, besides celebrities, you have a lot of studio executives with a lot of money, Um People in the tech industry, we have a big tech industry called Silicon Beach out here, so that has a lot of money as well. So um, it is. It's just, if you're rich, you're a target. Let's put it that way. And for people that don't know what the bling ring is, the bling ring was around in the, the mid-aughts, like around 2005 or so, and they were targeting a lot of the reality um, and tabloid stars like the Lindsay Lohans and the Paris Hiltons because they know that they would be out. They knew they didn't lock their door, and they knew they could get away with Jewelry, and I'm not talking about $2 million worth of jewelry. They could get some, you know, a nice bracelet or necklace for $2,000, but they could get all of those high-end purses and wardrobe that people wanted because it was done by a bunch of young kids. So, But that's, what, that's always a fun story reading up on the bling ring. Um, this one seems a little bit more sophisticated and organized than what the bling ring was, and I think um, it, it's definitely one of those things that, Police are starting to sort of narrow in on why it's happening, how it's happening. But what they're also finding is a lot of celebrities don't put their alarm on. And then, B, they leave, like, easy access to their safes and things like that. So instead of making sure your safe is kind of in a hidden place or that the keys are away, people are kind of leaving easy access for everyone to, to get to the jewelry. You know, the whole thing is just scary, like, and even take the celebrity part out of it. I mean, it's just that, like, hearing all this just truly makes you feel not safe, no matter who you are. Well, have you ever had your car broken into? It is such a violation. Even if they just steal your sunglasses, you're like, someone was in my car while I was not here. And, you know, what did they see? Did they take my registration? Do they have my address? Like, all these things go through your head, and it, it is worrisome. And, you know, oftentimes when someone, you know, does break into your car, they're just looking for, like, one item so they can sell to support their drug habit is really what it is. Right. But you always worry that it's that sophisticated criminal that's like, great, now I have your name and I have your address, and I know where you live, and I can now Google you. Like, that stuff is scary. Yeah, that that's the part that always like freaked me out. So I had it happen to me a couple times um, mm-hmm. over the years, and that was the part that freaked me out. Like, okay, they have my address now. They know where yep. the car belongs to, and my name and everything else. And that was the freaky part. Yeah, and we can't over, especially here in LA. We don't have ideal parking situations, so valet is very common. It's not necessarily a luxury thing; it's out of necessity, and so. Oftentimes, you're handing your car over um, to valet, and i got to tell you, that's a great job if you're a petty criminal. Maybe you can, like, swipe a couple dollars from someone's car if people leave money in there. You can oh, gain yeah. access to where they live. I mean, there's so many things. So it's definitely one of those things that in Los Angeles, 
it's a relatively safe city, but we fall into this lull of like, we're safe, we're fine, nothing bad has happened. Um, but you need to remember, even though it looks very suburban in many areas of Los Angeles, it's still a major city. Yep. Oh, yeah. And just make that one wrong turn. Yeah, and, and you know, that's less. That's the other issue. It's less and less frequent in Los Angeles because there's no place to build. So neighborhoods that were, you know, previously unsafe have now been taken over and gentrified. Um, so there's, there's less areas of, of bad neighborhoods. So, um, I mean, I can tell you that, uh, you know, like in the Valley especially, there's just so many areas that you'd be like, don't go north of Burbank, don't go here, don't do that. That's like old school because real estate is ridiculous out here. Scary. Very scary. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So it'll be interesting to watch how this one um, sort of unfolds because it seems like every couple of days another high-profile house has been hit. So they're hmm. working quickly. Wow. And you know what's even like, uh, as I was going through a TMZ earlier, and this is probably people they're hitting, the people they're seeing on TMZ, I was actually saying to myself is, who are most of these people that TMZ reports about? Like, I, I don't know who these people are anymore. Um, yeah, TMZ has kind of taken a weird turn um, where they report on a lot of rappers and hip-hop artists. Um, they do a lot with sports. But, you know, they, they covered nonstop, and they must have had someone selling them all this information. But the Fetty Wap, like, whole incident that went down, and I was like, I, it was like pages and pages on this rapper. And I was like, I'm good. I don't need to read about this. Um, but the other interesting thing is that TMZ lost their news director. Um, Harvey and the news director had a huge fight, Mike Walter, um, in late December. And Mike left. And so did his sister. They both worked for TMZ. They were deeply embedded in law enforcement. Um, their dad had been a member of LAPD for years, high-ranking officer. So they had great access to arrests, DUIs, the L.A. court system. And it was funny because I started seeing a lot of um, notices for, um, like, TMZ is hiring a news director. TMZ is hiring a court reporter. And I'm like, that's weird because they've had the same court reporters for a decade, <laughs> you know, and, and I knew like that they were deeply embedded in the LA court system. And that's what wound up happening. Like Harvey and his right hand man had a huge falling out and they don't even talk anymore. Wow. And the coverage has changed. Like they used to break news, even on dancing with the stars, they've got nothing on dancing with the stars. So Mike and his sister clearly took a lot of sources with them. Yeah, it's all, it's like a lot of, I guess, like rapper stuff people now. And I, yeah, I don't know. It, to me, it's it a lot of like, just, it's not fun stuff. It's stuff, you know, no. it's just like ugly fights, um, a lot of domestic violence stuff that you're just like, oh, this isn't happy. <laughs> you know, not that like gossip usually is happy, but they were, you know, back in the Lindsay Lohan days, they were getting some fun, juicy stuff, you know. But oh, absolutely. it's just not like I that mean, anymore. When Amanda Bynes was doing her thing, it was a lot more sort of jovial. That's a name that I was thinking of that popped up on somewhere 
uh, last week, and I wanted to bring it up tonight. And thank you for saying that. Where is Amanda Bynes? I miss Amanda Bynes. She's going to school. Um, she is doing great from what I hear. Uh, her parents had a conservatorship that has been lifted. So it seems like right now everything is going really, really well. And I'm happy to hear that because, you know, she was obviously having, um, I don't, you know, I don't think we ever got an official diagnosis, whether she's bipolar or anything, but obviously whatever mental health issues she was grappling with um, have been dealt with and she's going to be okay. So I'm glad to hear that. Good for her. Because that was, I mean, for a while it was funny and then it wasn't funny anymore, you know? Yeah, totally. Like, it gets, it gets funny at first because you're like, oh, they're probably just doing drugs. But then you realize there's mental health issues going on. And you're like, wait a minute. I got to stop. <laughs> you know, this is not funny. Yeah, it's just that. Uh, you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead no, I was just going to say. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. No, I, it's it's just interesting because I, I was going to say people think, you know, they're celebrities, they could just deal with a little bit of depression or deal with, you know, whatever their men, little mental problem is. But this, like, I don't know if you guys remember, but this derailed her career. You know what I mean? Like, she had name recognition. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's, it's a shame. It's, you, you know, it shows how bad it can really get. Yeah, and I don't think she was she wanted to be in the public eye anymore. Um, I think that's a lot of it. It's very hard for um, kid actors if they don't want to be in a business, but then they don't know what else to do as an adult. And they're not necessarily like jumping right into college and have that focus. They get lost and, you know, they still have access to money and they have access to hanging out in the clubs. And, you know, oftentimes that just falls into the whole party scene, which we all know is a disaster for many people. So I think for her, the best thing for her was having that breakdown and then having her parents step in um, because they were just like, we need to get you healthy. And then what do you want to do? And she was like, I want to do fashion. And so she's at um, FITM, which is the fashion Institute of design and merchandise. She's there taking classes, working hard. And I think, you know, she just needed a path and she needed help nice. getting there. That's good. So. Good for her. It is good. Yeah, I'm happy for her. Um, and also, I don't know if you guys saw the Lamar Odom. We talked about him ad nauseum, you know, I, about a year and a half ago. His interview was eye-opening. I mean, it, I think it was much, much worse than even what all the tabloids were reporting. Yes. And, and good for him for opening up and admitting, like, you know, how wrong he was well, and all the problems and trouble he yeah. caused. Well, and the fact that he, he is this open and admitting it and saying it was all my fault, I ruined my marriage to Khloe Kardashian. Um, to me, this is the first time I've been like, okay, he's on the path to getting healthy. Because before, you know, he was just back drinking. He was, you know, he'd go to rehab for like two weeks and then he'd be out at a club or he'd be out with another woman. It was always something. So this is the first time I was like, okay, this is good. This is a good sign. Yeah, I, I and yeah, I was shocked. I really was. Oh yeah, I mean, he was like there were multiple affairs, multiple women, and I mean, he was basically like their hoes, their thoughts, their that's it. They were nothing else but random women who probably didn't even want to be with me, except for the fact that I was famous and I was married to a Kardashian. 
Yep. And, and, and that right there, when he said that, I was like, wow. Like, he really, like, woke up and smelled the coffee. Yeah, the ego. The ego has been completely broken down. And I think, you know, anytime anyone, man, male or female, um, has an addiction or, you know, has an issue like this, the ego has to be destroyed. Their ego, like, it's like they have no self-esteem, but their exterior, their, their facade is big. And I'm like, the two fight with each other. And I was like, but you have to have that, that facade broken down and uh, go, okay, this is what's real. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that was really interesting. But um, the other thing to be aware of with Us Weekly, it was just sold to the National Enquirer and Radar Online. Um, and the entire West Coast staff was fired. Um, and so all operations will be happening in New York. Um, so I, from here on out, the, the staff was eventually, uh, the new staff that took over, took over on Wednesday, so just yesterday. So I'm very wary of their news from here on out because everything is now being run by the Inquirer. Oh. Isn't that depressing? Oh, Wow. Like, where, where's and, all and our, our trusted news sources are all, like, flopping now. Yeah, I mean, you could, people would be um, one to still look at. Entertainment Tonight has been kind of killing it online. E! always does very well. But um, Us Weekly had, had really worked itself into a, a very solid reputation um, of reporting accurate news. Um, and they also had some really good royal sources. So they had some good, like, if you were into, you know, Kate and Harry and all of that. Um, and now it's just like they're all laid off. And when report, people need to understand when reporters get laid off, their sources go with them. So, right. you know, like just like I said with TMZ, when the news director gets fired, he takes all his sources with him. Bye. There they go. And you have to rebuild again. And, uh, you know, it takes a while to rebuild. And I think that's why right now TMZ is just like a bunch of crap right now. And I'm worried that. Us Weekly will also fall prey to that because, I mean, th- to me, there's no bigger garbage than Radar Online, which National Enquirer also owns. National Enquirer is like a quarter step up from Radar Online. And then you have Us Weekly. And we don't know what, what's going to happen with that. We'll see. We'll see. It's frustrating. What it are we is? Gonna do? <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and here's the thing. Here's the, the, the thing that for all of us, even if you don't follow entertainment news, we're in a, a climate, a global climate, where we're all looking for accurate news, whether it's politics, sports, entertainment, financial, you know, issues. We're all looking for the truth. And we're in an era where people are screaming fake news all the time on social media. So when you find those accurate sources and the ones that you can go to over and over again, and then all of a sudden, now they're owned by people that have not been accurate in the past. It's frustrating. Yeah, now how, about, how about that? Like, um, you know, you just said like the whole fake news thing, which is, um, I mean, probably mentioned hundreds of times a day. I mean, that could end up trickling down throughout all aspects of news, whether it's entertainment or sports or whatever it could be. Um, it, it does. And I will say that as a reporter, covers entertainment i understand it's like fluff that i cover um and that it's escapism for a lot of people i have kind of changed the way i um, report on things um i've added like i've always been someone that does about two layers of like double checking on a source when i've got breaking news i gotta tell you like i'll sit on it a little bit longer just to triple check or i'll try and find a third source that can verify that 
um, I sit on a lot more news than I probably used to because um, I worry sometimes that people are going to come back at me and be like, that's fake. And I'm like, really? I, you know, I have no interest in throwing out fake news, especially in entertainment because it doesn't benefit me. You know what I mean? And, and what I do too is, is based on TV shows. It's not, I'm not breaking news about like who's having an affair, who's having an illegitimate baby or anything else like that. Um, but I'm even like, really really careful um about spoiling certain things now just because because of that whole fake news climate and you get the trolls that sit there and start attacking you and it's annoying it is it really is how about um dancing with the stars who did we lose we lost chris Catan, and Gosh, what this was interesting. You know, last week he had talked about the very first week he had talked about the fact that he had broken his neck, and so he was having you know limited range of motion. Um, but they really got into what happened to him. And about 20 years ago, a stunt went wrong. He went to an Eastern doctor who was just like, you know, we need to do this and that, and he got limited treatment. And then he needed more treatment that he should have gotten initially when he had his injury. Um, and it wound up to four neck surgeries where he's got plates and pins. I mean, he can barely move his neck. He's very stiff from the shoulders on up. And it was one of those things, you know, he couldn't do a lot dance-wise. Um, and that he probably could have injured himself more. I'm not sure how insurance cleared him to do the show, honestly. But it was very brave of him to go on the show because dancing on a live TV show is nerve-wracking as it is. But to go with his injuries was a big deal and he's also been holding the secret for 20 years so he, he it, there's a great people magazine article they did a deep dive with him about the injury he won't say what film it was on um but he's like i've been basically in hiding um you know i was taking pain pills i got pulled over for a dui but it was just to deal with the pain of my surgery and he's like i was too embarrassed to tell anyone so i lived in this shame and i think like had Dancing with the Stars, like, told this whole story the first week, it probably would have stayed three or four weeks, maybe. Um, because I think a lot of people can relate to his, his story of hiding a big secret. Um, right. So he kind of was disappointed with that. But so I kind of, when he left, I was like, see, it's great that we have all these amazing dancers that are going to be awesome. And when we get to the finale, you're like, yay, this is a fun night to dance. But a lot of what Dancing with the Stars is about is the people that can't dance, that try something new and put themselves out there. And, you know, Chris Kattan probably deserved at least another week on the show. It almost kind of sounds like the whole reason he did this, knowing, you know, he can't really dance and move, was basically to be able to tell this whole story. Yeah, I mean, think about it. I mean, we've all held, kept a secret from someone or the whole world or whatever it is, and it becomes such a big burden. You're like, I can't live with this anymore, and you just have to tell someone. Um, and But oftentimes you're like, I can't do it alone, so you have a friend with you or, you know, you do it in some sort of, like, group way, and I think, like, this was his way of doing it because he's like, no one's going to sit there on live TV and boo me or shame me. <laughs> because it's live television, you know, you're, you're telling your story. So I think for him, like he was like, okay, at least I know I'll be protected. Um, so it's probably a great way to just get it all out there. Well, let me ask you this earlier. You said that um, you were surprised that legal cleared him. And, and that got me thinking here. 
Um, do, do you think – would Dancing with the Stars do something like that? Like, do they stack the deck with people that they know will make it to the middle but won't make it to the end? Or, you, you know, could they have cleared him because they knew he wasn't going to last? You know, like it, like almost yeah. – I don't want to say prearranged, but, like, <laughs> kind of obvious. You know what I mean? Uh, here's here's what I always call what, this is what I always say about Dance with the Stars is a highly produced show, so um, they can't fix the votes by any means. Like they can't change what the viewers vote or anything else like right. that. Um, they can probably suggest some things to the judges, po- possibly. But I think what they also can do is they do these video packages, and this is what I was talking about. By um, if a celebrity is doing better than they thought and they don't really want him in the him or her in the end they'll show them having a bad day at rehearsal and that usually affects viewers votes because you're like oh they're mean (laughs) or they're cranky um and i think by not showing chris's package it got him out really really early um and he was going to go within the first four weeks let's be honest he was not going to be there until the end um but you don't think there was a chance it would have been Chris Kattan and Simone Biles in the final? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you I mean, yeah. You know, every once in a while it does happen randomly. Like Tommy Chong made it to fourth, and you're like, what the heck? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, in Chris's situation, there was, there was, it was so limited in what he could do. But uh, I do think that doing the package when they did it was probably planned in a producer, it was a producer's decision. And that's a way that you can get the insurance for a contestant like him. Um, Because every, for people that don't know, every production in Hollywood, every movie, every TV show, you have to have insurance, of course, um, for the cast members and the crew and everything else. So um, they oftentimes have to go through medical clearance, things like that. So a lot of people were like, how the heck do they get medical clearance? Well... Yeah, I mean, maybe that they were just like, well, he won't be here long, so he won't be doing the, the heavy lifting or, you know, the crazy spins <laughs> that are required by, you know, week five and six. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so the show's not fixed, but it's definitely highly produced. That's always, like, the <laughs> the word and phrasing I use. No, but that's really cool. Like, if you think about it, and I don't want to put too much on on these people, but it amazes me because you have to be able to sort of read a room and read people and sort of see into the future a little bit to see what's going to pop and what's not. And you either have to be really good at it or you're really bad at it. And that's amazing to me. Yeah, um, Dina Katz is the... Um, co-executive producer in charge of talent and casting and she does a really good job like she'll find people who are um, sort of trending in the news like one year we had Alex Scarlatos who was one of the um, the Paris train heroes you know and he was on like he was in Paris like tackling a terrorist and then like a week later he was on Dancing with the Stars I mean she will grab those sort of like headline generating people but then she'll also, you know, sort of mix it up with, with other people. And, you know, we haven't heard from Charo in a long time. Um, Charo will not make it, you know, through to the finals or anything like that. But it gives you a little bit of nostalgia. And you're like, oh, yeah, I love Vote. I remember that. So it adds, like, a couple weeks of fun. And so they do kind of mix it up. They love Olympians because Olympians make it far. They love NFL players. NFL players always dance really well. Um, 
So there, there's certain key categories that they'll always push those buttons and be like, yep, if we can get a gymnast, we'll get a gymnast, we'll get an NFL player. Um, so it's, it's just that it is, you know, and the older people don't make it long time. We know that um, just because a lot of times, you know, they're 70 and it's hard to keep up with a 19 year old gold medal winning gymnast four times gold medal winning gymnast. Yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Charo's not doing too well. <laughs> well, you know, here's the weird thing. Charo looks great on the dance floor. I really think she looks good. Um, and, you know, she says she's 65, but if you look at, like, other accounts, she could be anywhere between 70 and 75. She's in great shape. She's 75. limber. She's flexible. Everything that you don't expect to be at 75. However, you know her active kind of acting crazy. She's getting mad at the judges. She's threatening to quit because she thinks they're lowballing her. And she's kind of, like, charging at the judges. And, like, the act was funny the first week. And the second week, you're kind of, like, you're just nuts. Like, you're not even funny. It's annoying. And you're looking like you're ill and crazy. (laughs) You're not healthy. So I think that, like, people are going to have enough of her antics. And I think she's going to go on Monday. I don't think she's going to stick around. It's funny. I just Googled her. And that's the the, the three top things that come up is... Charo threatens to quit dancing with stars. Yeah. You know, and Mr. T is a terrible dancer. I'm going to be super honest. He's awful. I thought he was going to be way better. However, his attitude is really wonderful, and he's writing motivational quotes, and he actually threw some shade at Charo um, on Twitter yesterday, and he's like, some people just can't take uh, constructive criticism. And everyone was laughing because it's like totally (laughs) throwing shade over at Charo. Um, But, you know, he basically can only do like step touch, and, and he can't do much more. I don't think he can remember the choreography well. But nobody cares. It's Mr. T. So he'll probably make it to week four. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to tell him he's doing wrong? No, I know. And you would rather see. This is the other thing. Like, if you invite the viewers into who you are authentically, like, I want to see Mr. T on my screen. I don't want to see Charo. I'm like, this is annoying. Get this off my TV screen. Give me more of Mr. T because he's at least loving the experience and not saying, I'm going to quit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Nothing negative and is coming out of his, Yeah, and he's donating his whole salary to charity. I was like, who doesn't love that? Wow. Good for him. And it's not like yeah. that guy's real bringing in a lot of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what can no. he bring in? <laughs> yeah, he's not Sylvester Stallone out of Rocky Three. He's Mr. T, who had, you know, success in the, you know, in the film. And he had success on the A-team. But we haven't seen a lot of him. And I'm sure he does a lot of um, cons and does a lot of autograph signings and makes money. However, I, just, I think for yeah. him, he's, he he's very religious. And he, he had cancer and he's healthy. And I think for him, none of that matters about having the second chance at life. He, I was, I was going to say, like, he doesn't do like the con scene. I've never seen him at a, at a convention yet. Now, the key word is yet. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've you, never you seen him. You guys probably don't remember this, but he had a uh, very short-lived reality TV show on uh, TV Land. It was called I Pity the Fool. Oh, yeah. What year was that? <laughs> that was, I want to say 2005, 2006. Oh, wow. See, you know what? He's going to be everywhere after after Dancing with the Stars. This is going to be another wave of Mr. T um, out in public, which I'm totally down with. And I, I will tell you, the TV Land, 
has snatched up a bunch of Dancing with the Stars actors and created shows around them, and they've been very successful. So, um, but he's someone that I, I just like. You know, you just like you're like, how do you not like Mr. T? And uh, I just looked this up while you guys were were talking, and and for the last couple of years, he uh, he's been doing a clip show for BBC Three, and it's called World's Craziest Fools. <laughs> and it's just like you know videos of people falling off roofs and getting attacked by animals and stuff like that. But well, it's going on like the third or fourth season. <laughs> Good for him! I love that. Yeah. He's probably getting a nice payday from that. I'm sure he is, and good for him. It's like, if you can keep yourself relevant in any way, shape, or form, especially after playing such an iconic character, more power to you. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I have my uh, my Mr. T doll right here at my desk. <laughs> 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 I got. I, scanned, I, like a, I went to a toy convention, and somebody had the original Mr. T doll with all the, uh, the the little stuff that came with it and all for like 20 bucks. I was like, oh, you got it. I pity myself if I didn't buy it. That's great. I remember when he was on different strokes. Remember that? He yeah. stopped by to visit Arnold. <laughs> Arnold and Willis. Oh, that's great. Good. And he did a lot with um, Nancy Reagan's, like, stay out or say, just say no to drugs. Do you remember that, too? Yeah, with her sitting on his lap. Yep. That's a famous photo. Oh, man, see, now you guys got me excited. But now I'm hoping that he does pop off. Like, I, I want to see him either in the next uh, Expendables movie or the next Fast oh. and the Furious movie. <laughs> man, why is he not in the Expendables? Like, Stallone, what are you doing? That seems obvious that he would be. That would seem really obvious that he would be in Expendables. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm totally down with that. That's a good one, Nick. Like, why? Why yeah. is he not? Why hasn't he not been in there? It is know. true. Yeah, he's, he's a natural fit. Uh, yeah, totally. Well, maybe Dancing with Stars will change all of that for him. Yeah, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> oh, I agree. I agree. I'd buy a ticket to Expendables twenty eight. I don't care. <laughs> Oh, boy, he'll be oh, boy. like he'll be like the one dude in the all female expendable. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> lady loves lady loves tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man. You, you got a couple more minutes because I have I have one more question before we let you go too. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, Fast and the Furious that's coming out like uh, two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Is it me or it just seems like? I, I'm getting the vibe that it's jumped the shark now. <laughs> and I'm a huge well, fan. I, to me, the most exciting thing about this movie is the fact that Vin Diesel and The Rock are still, like, fighting, like, 10-year-old boys over this film. They were fighting during the film. Um, in fact, The Rock was throwing shade. And The Rock was always very positive in his social media. was saying, you know, one of you on, you know, this film set is being unprofessional and ego and blah, 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 blah. But Cinecon is going. Cinemacon is going on right now in Las Vegas, and so like a lot. It, it's and it's for um, national amusement theater owners. So anyone that owns a movie theater is in Vegas right now. And what they do is they trot out the stars. They trot out upcoming trailers for some of the summer movies, 
And The Rock is there with a bunch of films, including Baywatch. He did not appear with the cast today for the most recent Fast and Furious film while they showed the trailer. Um, they allowed Vin to be the big star. The Rock stayed far, far away. So the boy ego stuff is still going on. And I'm like, that's what I'm following with that movie. Because I'm like, oh, my God, you had two super famous action stars peeing on each other's territory. That's crazy, though, because no offense to Vin, but, like, The Rock gave that franchise CPR. (laughs) Yep. Like, they should be kissing his butt. And everybody loves The Rock. Like, everybody loves The Rock. Studio executives love The Rock. Wrestling still loves The Rock. Actresses love The Rock. Women will go see movies that The Rock is in, cause, and it's easy to bring your husband or your boyfriend along because the guy's like, yeah, The Rock's in it. Yep. Super different than Vin Diesel. I'm like, eh. Vin <laughs> Diesel doesn't get me in a movie theater. The Rock does. I'm going, I'm going to go see Baywatch. This movie looks so cheesy too. and ridiculous. I'm going to see it because The Rock's in it. But you know what, though? I'm going to throw this out there. Not just The Rock, but Zac Efron's really been growing on me. Like, his comedy and his timing and his facial expressions. Like, I, this is this guy has progressed light years beyond just, like, a Disney star. You know what I mean? Like, he's really funny, and he knows what works for him. Yes, and he's not trying to be something else. Like, originally he was trying to be, like, the next Leonardo DiCaprio, and that wasn't working for him. Um, Right, right. No more Nicholas Sparks movies. (laughs) Yes. Like, stop that. Like, don't do it. He found what works for him, um, and he's very successful at it. And, like, buddying up with, like, The Rock is genius. Like, if someone was, I don't act at all, and I have no desire to act, but if someone was like, would you appear in a movie with The Rock? I'd be like, of course. Like, I wouldn't even say no to something like that. Um just because you know you're going to get, have a great experience coming out of something like that. So tweeted me back. So there you go, too. Like, <laughs> the Rock, he's so active on social media. And I was like, holy cow, he tweeted me back? <laughs> that's awesome. That's someone that's, like, super engaged with his fans. I love that. And, and, oh, yeah, uh, I have, like, The Rock's app where he wakes me up in the morning and gives me motivational speeches. <laughs> that's <laughs> Uh, See, he makes guys as giddy as women. Like this, the same. You, we're all getting the same reaction out of him. We're all like fangirling over him. I'm sorry, we're all fangirling, and, but it's great. Like he found an authentic niche for himself, um, and doesn't or he does it really well. He knows how to be a movie star. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. I, I I said the other day. I, I told somebody he's a non-threatening badass. You know what I mean? Yep. Like the guys like him because he is a badass, but he's also sort of your best friend. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then that's exactly what you want. And it's, you know, I'm like, that's exa- why I'm like, oh, great. I will slap down $15 and go see Baywatch. Even though I would probably, and we talked about this, I'm like, I would never watch the TV show, but I would certainly, I'm certainly going to the film. So, uh, what do you got coming up this week? Um, this week, I'm just trying to think. I'm like, what's my schedule? Um, I've got, um, I'm going to see like a whole preview of World of Dance, which is J-Lo's new show. So, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm kind of digging this. I'm going down to the Long Beach Grand Prix here in Los Angeles is happening um, next week. 
So I'm going to be interviewing James Hinchcliffe, um, one of the IndyCar drivers, but he was also on Dancing with the Stars last season. So I'm looking forward to kind of a little bit of my, my old world and my new world because I used to do a lot with Toyota racing back in the day. So um, it'll be kind of fun to be back around cars and sort of bring that together with Dancing with the Stars. So it should be fun. Very cool. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a yeah. – we actually went an hour tonight. First time we've ever gone an hour. With you. Oh wow! Crazy. I'm. T- I, I keep saying to Nick, we, we have to do like a break-off show where we just talk to you. <laughs> just talk entertainment. <laughs> yeah, There's always oh, so much to talk about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so all right. Well, Kristen, as always, thank you so much, and uh, can't wait to talk again next week. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. You got talk it. You See you. All right, there she goes, Kristen Burt. Check her out all over social media. Look for her, Google her, like her, love her, follow her. It's Kristen Burt, K-R-I-S-T-Y-N-B-U-R-T-T. That's K-R-I-S-T-Y-N-B-U-R-T-T. That's good. I, I could have kept going. <laughs> I had a couple more. Oh, yeah, totally. Time. Good stuff. Our talks with Kristen are really getting better and better each week. I think the more we get to know each other and sort of where we come in and, and talk to each other and, and I, yeah, I, I think the conversation, it starts to, well, like tonight, I mean, it didn't, that, no way that seemed like an hour. Dude, I, I, I'll tell you, at one point I looked down at the, the clock on my computer and I saw it was 8.47. I was like, oh, my God. It, like, it, it, with the blink of an eye, it was like 45 minutes. I was like, oh, crap. Damn. And we didn't even do totally driven person. Like we could have went another fifteen minutes with just that. Easy. Easy. <laughs> you never know. Oh, and you we're, we have to start expand, expanding to two nights. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. Uh, what we got here? Uh, all right. Before uh, I'm going to play the the interview with uh, Damiano Christian real quick. But two things I want to throw out there real quick. Uh, before we do that, uh, number one, I want to send condolences out to uh, our friend, Mr. Tony Luke Jr., who uh, whose son passed away earlier this week. Uh, so our thoughts and prayers from everybody here at Totally Driven Entertainment go out to Tony and his family at this uh, it's horrible, tragic uh, loss. I, I mean, I don't know what happened, but either way, um, I can't imagine the pain he's going through right now. So our thoughts and prayers with Tony and his family. And um it really is. It really, when he put it up there, like it was one of them things. Like I had to read it a couple of times to like that I was reading it right. You know, I was like, oh my god, like. Dude, when you first sent it to me, yeah, I, I thought it was him. I was like, I thought it was his dad putting it out or something. Like I didn't get right. it, and then when I realized what it was, I was like, holy crap! You know what I mean? Like, oh. And you know what? Like I, I felt like a douche because. It was the day before I actually sent him and his um, his uh, guy, uh, his partner, an email about bringing Tony back on. And usually his his partner usually answers me pretty quickly, and I didn't get no response. And then it was like over 24 hours later, and then Tony had put that up there. I was like, oh, shit. Like, now I know. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Um, but the other thing. I wanted to put out there, uh, our good friends, Mach 22, if you have not heard 
Um, <laughs> they won again. So tomorrow night at Wells Fargo Center, um, they'll be opening up for Bon Jovi. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so they keep having contests to see, like, who's popular and who gets to do it, and they just keep nailing it, right? Yeah, like, every they've won every one here in the Philadelphia area. Like, it, it, it seems like that's, like, the new thing now, like, bands are doing, which is, I guess it's kind of smart because, I mean, when, when you're a band like a Bon Jovi or Guns N' Roses, like, you really don't need an opener. You know what I mean? And, right. and you're, you can do a full two-hour set with no problem. So, I mean, and you save a whole hell of a lot of money having it to pay an opener, too. So, in each city, you do a contest and pick the top local band to open the slot. So, yeah, so tomorrow night they'll be uh, on the big stage at the Wells Fargo Center at the big building. And, uh, yeah, so go check them out. Tell them uh, you're totally driven like them. And, actually, tomorrow morning at 940 – that sucks. I'm going to miss it because I'll be picking up Gennetti at the airport. Uh, (laughs) uh, They're going to be on on the news tomorrow morning on uh, Fox 29 News playing – a tune live. So check it out tomorrow morning around 945-ish on uh, Fox 29 uh, during the news. So, yeah, good for them. Mock fucking 22. That's Love awesome. Yeah. But there you go. There's a, there's a couple things I want to throw out there. And uh, all right, let's do this interview. I'm going to play it. I actually recorded this interview uh, was a week ago, a week and a half ago. With uh, with Damiano, um, it, 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 it's it's you, you just gotta listen to it. Like uh, it's funny because I was thinking to myself, like if I had a son, I think this would be him <laughs> because he'd be a huge Randy Rhodes fan and he'd be a way better guitarist than me. And that's this kid. So um, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> So uh, here he is, man. Let, 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 let's let's do this. Let's uh, let's welcome to the show, Mister Dam- Damiano Christian. Damiano. Hey, is this Bay Ragney? This is me, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Uh, I saw you called in at the very end of the sports show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So uh, you know, um, I, I got your press release. You know, as I'm putting it up, I had to had to be nosy and check out what you got going on and what you're doing and what you're up to over there. And instantly, I see like you're this huge Randy Rhodes fan. I'm like, all right, this kid just won a spot in my heart. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> so, so how does a uh, you know how's a young kid discover Randy Rhodes? That's what I I really was curious to find out. Well, it was all through my father, actually. He got me an iPod for my birthday when I was about 11, and he put his whole, his whole, you know, his MP3 player playlist on it, and I stumbled across Ozzy Osbourne in the artist section, and there was a song in there called Revelation Mother Earth Live. Nice. So I started listening to that on the school bus, and I got to the solo, after the solo, I was like, holy shit, I got to go home and pick up that guitar he bought me four years ago that I never touched. <laughs> so it, that's how it all started, you know, basically through my dad. That's awesome. You, you have a very good father there. 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a smart man, a very smart man. Yeah. So, so I guess you um, you kind of discovered Randy and Ozzy's music and, and music in general before you really actually decided to pick the guitar up. Then. Yeah, you know that all that all basically sparked me picking up the guitar was listening to all that music before I even played. Nice. Now, now, did you go to, like, take lessons, or? No, I basically, I taught myself how to play guitar. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to, though, if my parents didn't start me on piano first. Um, my mother started me on piano when I was three. She, I guess, oh, wow. heard an interview with Prince, who said, if you want to teach a child music, you start them on the piano first, because piano, they can play any instrument that's out there. So that's how that's how that all started. I was able to teach myself guitar through piano. Oh, that's pretty wild. Yeah. So I I, I mean you got to be a pretty um. I I, I mean I, I dedicated yes, but I very um yeah I I mean I guess that's the word dedicated to where you're actually I mean at a young age, which you're I mean you're only what now eighteen now. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be as accomplished as you become at by 18 years old, I mean, that's uh, very dedicated and very, uh, I mean, your heart's there. Your heart is so into it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so. Yeah, uh, I mean, when it comes to, you know, being dedicated, you know, when I first picked up the guitar for like the first four or five years, I was just sitting in my room with that guitar and, you know, I'd, you know, I'd get home from school at around four o'clock i'd look at the clock after i picked the guitar up and it was eight o'clock so i was doing that like every day for like the past four years because i wanted to you know after hearing a song like revelation mother earth it made me want to be able to play like that so i figured if i want to be able to play like that i got to practice so right yeah and the scary part is, uh, actually, it's uh, today is the 35th anniversary of Randy's last show, and then tomorrow will be the, the tragic uh, accident 35 years later. It's crazy how yeah. time is going. Yeah, exactly. And you scary. actually had, you had the chance to play on one of the uh, the Randy Rhodes Remembered show, I guess, when they uh, came around to the East Coast. I, you got the chance to play up on stage with Rudy and them guys. Yeah, it was their. It was the first year they ever did Randy Rhodes Remembered. It was 2014, and they had just done the show at Nam in January, and they were coming to the East Coast for, you know, a tour through like June into July, I believe. Okay. And they put out a contest on their Facebook page for guitar players to submit videos of them playing Crazy Train. To, so they can pick somebody to get up on stage and play with them and to pick what date they wanted to do. Luckily, they came to Connecticut, where I live, so I submitted my video against... There were at least 20 other entries. So I was... I believe I had just turned 16 at the time, and I didn't think I was going to win it all. I just figured, you know, why not? I love Randy Rose. I'm going to do it. Sure. So, And... Luckily, two weeks later, I get a notice on Facebook saying that I got as the winner to play with Rudy Sarzo and Brian Tishy. Oh, that's amazing. Rudy's uh -oh. such a nice guy, too. 
Yeah, he 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 was really cool when when I got to meet him as well as Kelly Rhodes, Randy's brother, was really down to earth and very nice to us. You, you know, it's funny. Like uh, I've been doing this show now; it's uh, it's like four and a half years, and um, I, I've probably gone through almost every Randy Rhodes connection there's been. There's there's it's funny. I'm a, one of the missing ones. Um, uh, that I'm supposed to be hopefully getting that finally do, to do next week is uh, Brad Gillis. But um, really? here, I'll, I'll give you a little, a little taste of this. Uh, since you just said Kelly, you'll enjoy this one. Okay. Hey everybody, this is Kelly Rhodes and you are listening to totally driven radio. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know Kelly played piano until I met him. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got a yeah. couple albums out. What he did. Yeah, I think he like recently put one out. It's like his fourth or fifth piano album. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's yeah, amazing. Yeah, but he's really it. good at it. Yeah. Which uh, and you you mentioned piano and. Like if people go like uh, looking you up on YouTube and all, I mean they're probably thinking they're going to see you doing your rock songs and some Randy Road stuff and all. But here, I mean, you're there doing piano and doing like Liberace songs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the part about me that people are like really, you know, they they just don't expect it. Um, yeah, you know, because I started off with piano first, like I mentioned earlier which a lot of people don't know because i don't perform live on the piano much i stopped that you know performing on piano when i was about 13 you know when i would have to do piano competitions and recitals and you know the winner's performances at competitions you know you know that all kind of got you know i felt like there was no emotion to the playing that i could give to it uh you know and that was that went for a long time until, you know, I saw Liberace and he was doing these classical pieces, you know, in like five different styles. And I was like, how come no one else plays like that? So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the funny part about my musical background. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why it was funny because I was sitting there and uh, as I was putting some questions together and all, I was going through to YouTube and I'm listening and, and I was listening to one of the Liberace songs and my wife just looked at me and she goes, Liberace? I'm like, yeah. She's like, who's doing that? <laughs> uh, I'm like, uh, the kid I'm interviewing a little bit. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I, I know. We were both a little shocked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's become such a big part of how I perform. You know, it's helped me, you know, just the way he commanded a stage back when he was alive. You know, I mean, I don't wear clothes as flashy as he did, but, I mean, it also kind of gave, gave me some sort of sense for putting some sort of image together for myself. And, you know, it's just become a big part of, you know, my life with, you know, also like audience interaction, the way he would involve the audience in his shows. Right. You know, I mean, it ended up turning into me performing piano live again in, in, in an actual Liberace tribute show that someone here does in Connecticut. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and I ended up 
wearing the flashy costumes, and I was like, wow, this is actually pretty fun. I can see why he did it. <laughs> so, you know what? Though? I mean that that shows right there. Like, and I'll even say, being a diehard Randy Rhodes fan, like he would look up to you and be like proud of you, like because you're a true musician. You know what I mean? Like, you're not Thank just you. limited to just Ozzy or, or, or another influence of yours, like Richie Blackmore, like you're open to all aspects of music. Well, yeah, because you can definitely take different things from all aspects of music and put it into your own style and your own playing, you know, which I've learned a lot from playing bands and listening to everybody else's musical tastes that, you know, I end up finding a lot of things that I like right. and definitely taking those things and putting them, try, you know, trying to incorporate them into my playing. Like, recently, I wasn't the biggest Kiss or Ace Freely fan, but my, you know, my friend took me to see Ace Freely play live, and I was like, wow, that's something I can definitely put into my playing style. I really loved what he did. Yeah. 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 Ace is the man. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> That's what I grew up like. I grew up uh, in the '70s, so I grew up on Kiss. Kiss was the the big thing for kids in the '70s, and then uh, you know once uh, Ozzy came solo and Crazy Train came, uh, and I was like I was like 11 years old at the time, and it was like the whole world just changed, and it was like Randy Rhodes, and then it was the same thing kind of for me where I, I was bought a guitar when I was a kid and I never picked it up, and then it was like okay, well now I'm going to try to pick this thing back up again. Yeah, exactly. Like Randy just has that that inspiration factor about his playing that it's like to me nobody really else nobody else really had that effect on me. I, you know, I listened to Eddie Van Halen a lot and when I was younger and I tried learning that and I was like there's just too much going on here and too many different things people are saying on how to play this stuff. It's like why even bother? But then listening to Randy, it was like, you know, there was actually some sort of, to me, some sort of sense of what he was doing. Right. You know, and it, I also feel like it had a lot more personality as well. I mean, both Eddie and Randy had good, great personality in their actual playing. Mm -hmm. but it was like Randy had this just this weird factor over Eddie to me that I was just like, there was just something special about it. I, I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. It, it, there was just so much, I don't know. Randy's music, uh, it's still to this day, when I listen to it, I, I just get such a, a feeling that overcomes me. It's compared to, Van, like, I listen to Van Halen, and it's more of just like the complete package of the band where it, it's that good time rock and roll, summertime, hard rock, classic stuff, iconic stuff. But you listen to Randy, and it's just like a whole nother world. Yeah, it's like listening to Mozart of the 80s, basically. Sure, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly what he was, because he wasn't just doing simple rock tunes that were, you know, chords and simple riffs. He was actually composing pieces. Yeah, yep. You know, and he put a lot of time and effort into him like composers of the past did, and that's basically what he was turning into. Yep. 
you know, and it was so sad to see that he could that he didn't even live to do another record. I know. It, it's that's the scary thought is like even though there's such little body of music there, but it's still so much. Exactly. Like there's like even just with the double track guitars, mm-hmm. that that that's like just a lot of music right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now with your um with your uh, your band, like I, I guess like the big thing now too is like um like a lot of these school of rock things. So uh, being this fact that you're self-taught, like how did you put your band together? Well, with my band, my the good thing about my band compared to a lot of others is that I'm I actually have a family member in it, so I don't have to work around much with other people's schedules. So with my band, I have my sister playing bass. And with her, you know, two years ago, I needed a bass player to do a show for somebody's party. And I was like, here, Olivia, take the bass, learn these songs. You got four days till the actual show we're supposed to do. And surprisingly, she never played an instrument in her life. She learned all those songs in four days. Holy cow. I was just, my mouth like dropped to the floor because I didn't know that this little tiny 15-year-old girl could play any of this stuff on a bass in four days. It it just surprised me that she did that. I'll tell you what, I'm 47, and if you handed me a bass and told me you have four days to learn these songs, I couldn't do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it just surprised me that she did that, and then it ended up turning into this thing where her and I would be doing those Randy Rhodes videos together that are on YouTube. And then she ends up being in my band, and then we end up writing together, and it was, uh, I just totally never expected it to go that far. You know, I figured, you know, we're brother and sister, we'd probably end up killing each other first, but... You know, it it turned out into something great. And then with our drummer, you know, when we were in the recording process, um, the guy who was helping us out in the beginning, he found us our drummer who lives in West Haven, and he's about the same age as us, got the same influences. And then we all just took our influences and made this band basically what it is and started writing some music. Nice. Yeah. And now your style, I mean, like the the songs from what from what I'm hearing, it's more like a like a a pop punk style. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I always liked punk stuff for some reason. I you know I was really big into Green Day. Mm-hmm. You know, back when I was a teenager, especially that the American Idiot album that was very inspirational mm-hmm. on me because I saw how. Everything was so simple, yet all the songs seemed to tell a story with Green Day. Mm-hmm. So I liked putting that a lot into my writing, but I also didn't want to be one of those guitar players that could only play chords and not really do much. Yeah. So, I mean, I like to, I like to really put a bit of everything into what the writing is. And yes, definitely, you know, with the pop stuff, there's, funny thing is, you know, like being a rock guitar player, there is some pop stuff I like, you know, like when you listen to 
some of Prince's material or Michael Jackson or even, you know, Rick Astley, who does, you know, the Rick Roll videos and stuff. So, you know, I, you know, not everyone expects, you know, that stuff to come out of somebody that they're just used to is playing, you know, metal and rock and roll on guitar. You know, it's funny, you keep mentioning Prince, and I'm guessing I just put two and two together, because I'd seen, um, you're also known as uh, the new rock Prince. (laughs) Yeah, that was, yeah, that was something put on, I believe it's the website we have, the Damian Christian website, that, you know, when I was first starting out, you know, all, you know, me and my mom have been doing most of you know, a lot of this until we met Chip, the publicist, but back then, you know, we were on our own and we were like trying to come up with or figure stuff out that, you know, for branding wise, that would just catch tension. So we figure, you know, I'm a young kid trying to get my name out there and, you know, I don't know how she came up with that, but one day she did, and she put it on there. <laughs> so, if it works, that's all that matters, right? Exactly. <laughs> Whatever works, works. So now you you just released a new EP uh, late last month called "Built in Good Value." Yes. Yes, we released that March thirteenth, so about last oh. Monday, I believe. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Cool. Yes. And I saw the first uh, first single video again, going back to like roots of rock and roll. You, you did the Beatles classic. Yeah, yeah, we did. She loves you for the music video, and you know we wanted to treat it kind of as the single on that album as well, or the EP. Nice. Now, what made yeah. you choose the the Beatles song? Well, I, you know, since you know. With growing up with music and whatnot, playing for a while, you know, I just kind of want to, you know, just get my break and get into the music scene like all the other big bands have done. By, you know, observing how bands have done it in the past, the only one that I thought really broke through with the biggest impact was Van Halen with, you know, because they made it big with You Really Got Me, you know. There's a story with Eddie saying that at, like, one o'clock in the morning, the radio played their version of You Really Got Me from the new album, and that's how they broke through. So I figured, why not try something like that? Take an old song that doesn't have much, you know, technicality on it. It's a simple song, like how the Kinks was with You Really Got Me. Put a, you know, put a very technical and modern solo on it, you know, give the guitars some more power compared to, you know, the very early amplifiers they had back then and just try and make it more powerful and hopefully get some recognition or get my break out of it. But I mean, it sounds great. Like I said, I was like, yeah, okay, this rocks. This is good stuff, man. <laughs> Thank you. How was the video? Was a video it was a fun thing to do, huh? Yeah, that was really fun. You know, we got to shoot a lot of the band stuff in an actual, 
studio where they have a sound stage for bands to play with like professional lighting and soundboard. And the fun part about that was, even though you know everyone was telling me, oh, when you guys are playing, you know, you're gonna you know lip sync everything. None of your stuff's gonna be turned on. But you know, me being who I'm who I am, I told the other two, I'm like, you know what, guys, turn your amps on, turn the microphones on, and let's actually play the song because I always had this feeling like if I'm gonna lip sync it, I don't know where I am, and I feel like I don't know what I'm playing if I can't hear what's coming out of my guitar. Right. So it also just made things more natural to actually sure. play the song for the video, and then they, you know, like they do in editing, they take the actual mastered file, put that over the video, but, you know, for for video purposes, so that way it looked up, it looked right and it synced right with the actual track, I was like, let's just actually play, you know, let's do what I say for once. <laughs> so, you had yeah. the power. To, to exactly. Power Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, so now that it's all out and the singles out there and it's starting to get some plays and stuff like that, like, uh, so now what? Uh, what's the plan now? Like, uh, where do you go from here for uh, for the rest of the year? You guys want to like do any like little mini tours or anything? Or, well, hopefully we'd like to do a mini tour. It's just the matter of finding places to play, especially here in Connecticut. You know, most of the bands around here are, like, playing in... It's like a big bar scene. There's right. no places, like, if you were to go to, like, Massachusetts or New York, where they actually have theaters or stages that bands play on, you know, with light rigs and a big soundboard. Yeah. So, I mean, we have a couple dates in the summer, you know, like, summer gigs for, like, you know, block parties and whatnot, you know, like how Van Halen used to do when they were called Mammoth. But yeah. hopefully we've entered the contest to open for Bon Jovi at Mohegan Sun. Oh, so, nice. yeah, I'm hoping that we could definitely get into that and then maybe that sparks something for a mini tour because, you know, when you're kind of doing everything on your own, it's kind of like, okay, where do, where am I going to find now? at least five or ten dates on weekends for my band to go different areas and right. play in, like, two different places in the same weekend. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's not it's not like how it used to be. You know, they had, like, in Los Angeles, with all the different clubs that the bands could play, like the Whiskey and the Starwood with the stages, and they could fill 200 people in there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you um, what, you guys start putting something together and you come down if you're able to make it towards the Philly area uh, let me know because I'm putting shows together down here now and uh, actually I just I'm, as we've been talking I've been going back and forth and just finalized uh, the first all ages show I'm putting together uh, in June so yeah I mean, really that's cool yeah I would love to have you down here I mean we're we're, do, we're doing it in clubs and all but you know that's gotta cool get yeah I've been to Phil, uh, Philadelphia before that's where we did uh that's where we did the She Loves You track. We did it with producer David Ivory, who produced Hailstorm. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, so that that was a fun experience. And coming down to Philadelphia, I mean, you know, it, it was really cool. Cool. Yeah, he's been around, yeah. the, around the scene for many, many years. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 
so all right, so where um where can everybody get the new EP? And actually, you have a few other EPs out before that, pre, uh, correct? Yes, I had done those when I was about 13, 14, and I think even as late as 15. And that was like, I like to call that stages where I didn't know what I was doing. You know, <laughs> my mother, you know, we were trying to just be opportunistic. She, you know found this producer in New York and we just started doing music and had all these plans to put out, you know, an album out. And back then I really didn't know what I was doing, you know, when it came to recording. So I like to think of this new EP that we put out as kind of like my actual first product because, you know, I actually put the time, I was able to put the time into it and you know, I was able to do what I wanted when it came to mixing and mastering. You know, I was able to sit in on all those sessions and tell them what I wanted, go through what I wanted, how things to sound and whatnot. And, you know, with this EP, I feel like it's my actual first release compared to the other, the others that are online. Right, right. Yeah, and you can find, you can get Built in Good Value, the EP. You could get it on iTunes. Google Play, Amazon, and Spotify. If you go to the Damiano Christian Facebook page, there will be all the links for it. And we are working on getting hard copies as well. So we are definitely looking into getting CDs. Nice. Yeah. Now, you mentioned your mom a couple of times. I mean, your parents, uh, they, they must be, initially, they must have been shocked by this thing. But it seems like there's, hugely supportive of everything yes they they really are i mean if it weren't for them i wouldn't have anything that i do right now i mean i wouldn't be playing music if it weren't for them they're the ones that pushed me and you know when i first started on piano i didn't want to do it my mother's the one that pushed me and said no you're going to practice and sat behind me every day and made me practice so until I liked it, and yeah, I mean, they they basically, they support everything I do, they bands everywhere, and they, you know, to all my rehearsals and gigs and whatnot, so definitely like the driving force behind this. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you you got some good stuff going on here. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more and hearing the rest of the EP, and uh, looking forward to some more Randy Rhodes' uh, influence coming out of you <laughs> thank you so much yeah I, i'm definitely hoping on doing some more randy road stuff luckily you know i do an actual randy road tribute band here in connecticut so okay. yeah we do the whole diary of a madman stage show with the castle backdrop and all the props Dude, and now what's that called that's called ozzy america wow okay yeah, we put that together about a year ago, and we were like, we want to pay tribute to Randy and do something good, and we put all the costumes on, like, from that exact tour with the studded vests, and, you know, I was able to obtain, you know, some of the guitars and the amplifiers to use in the show. You know, nice. I found stuff online, and it's basically a really fun show, and, you know, we always like to do it for Randy. So it's oh, a I'd really like fun show. Here too, Billy. We got to talk. We got to, I'm going to uh, 
I got to hit you up on Facebook. We all become friends. Definitely, yeah. Just um, I know on Facebook I'm not Damiano Christian. I actually use my real last name for Facebook, so it would be Damiano Scarfy. Okay. Yeah, just the uh, the word scarf with an I at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now I, I, as as a guitarist, I always uh, I, I saw you're also a fan of Richie Blackmore, and I always got to ask a, a person. Did you ever sit and watch uh, the the Deep Purple performance from the California Jam, nineteen seventy four? Oh, let me think. Is, is that, that's not the outside one, is it? Yeah, the outside one where he goes crazy and starts smashing his guitar. Yes, I saw that, and he blows up the Marshall stack behind them. Yes. Okay. Just making yeah, sure that. that's a valuable <laughs> lesson in rock and roll right there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, funny thing about Richie is I actually got to meet him a couple years ago. He does his Blackmore's Night show, I guess, at these Renaissance fairs when they're not touring. So okay. as I was walking out of the the fair, he was walking in right past me. So I went back, and I actually got to meet Richie and talk to him. Oh, nice. That's yeah, awesome. he, he's a really cool dude. Very awesome. Good yeah. for you. Thank you. <laughs> Cool. Well, hey man, this has been great talking to you, and uh, look, like I said, look forward to hearing more from you. And uh, yeah, I gotta look up the, uh, your Aussie America stuff. Check that out. Thank you so much, Bay. Thank you, man. Awesome. It was uh, great talking to you. Thank you so much. You too. Take care, Damiano. You too. Thank you.
All right, there he is, Damiano Christian, with She Loves You. Told you, it's my son, isn't it? (laughs) You know what, it wasn't until I heard about the cover band, and then I was like, okay, now I understand. (laughs) 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 That's too funny. His his real last name is uh, Damiano Ragni. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to get that kid down here to Philly to play. <laughs> so, uh, all right, so uh, Nick, uh, hang on. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> so, uh, we had a uh, one of our one of our uh, old hosts returned this uh, this past week on Tuesday night with a new show. Michael Joy, who runs uh, the horror website, horrornews.net, he returns to our airwaves uh, Tuesday night, 9 o'clock, and he's doing the Horror News Confidential uh, show. And um, Nick just sent me an audio clip that he wants me to listen to, and I think it should play over the the air for everybody to hear that he he made for the Mike Blue show. Let me know. Yeah, you 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 have to set it up that... um... You know, of course, it starts out, you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. You're not just heroes, you're legends. Get driven, stay driven. And then this would start introing, you know, his podcast. Okay. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. 11.55, almost midnight. Enough time for one more story before 12. You're going to die up there. Dude, that's All awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Horror News Confidential. You know what I mean? Like, That's awesome. That? I love it. Look at you. Yeah, buddy. I took some, like, random dubstep that I found and some Halloween and some quotes and smashed it all together with, like, a really jarring intro. You know what I mean? Like, whoever's listening, they're going to hear that. They're like, what the hell was that? And then they're <laughs> like, oh, shit, that's the purge. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I'm hoping he likes it. Uh, yeah. Did you send it over to him? I'm doing it sort of as we speak. Cool. Did you ever see them Purge movies? I only saw one of them. That shit's fucked up. I've seen the first one. I think that's the one I saw. But that, like that, that's where our our society is heading. I truly believe. Go. I know. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. This uh, this world's just fucked up. <laughs> it really is. Oh boy. Hey, so uh, we got a couple minutes before we take a quick commercial break. Um, let me see what I can run through here real quick. All right, dude, we got to talk about the snake. Dude, that that stuff. <laughs> Like, so uh, there's been a video. I mean, it's basically been going around Facebook today because I saw it about a dozen times. Um, Yeah. 
of this. I mean, you can't even say big. It's beyond big. It's like Tyrannosaurus Rex size big uh, of this fucking, what is it, 22 foot long snake that swallowed yeah. thy whole. <laughs> yeah, man, just like totally. I, I was reading while you guys were talking, and it's like people from the village said that they could hear somebody in the palm groves, like, screaming the night before. And so, yeah, like, he was attacked. He was, this was a python, so he sque- it was squeezed to death and then ate. You know what I mean? Like, and probably because of the size and everything, he didn't die right away. You know what I mean? They heard him screaming. He, he was probably half digested when he died. Right, and that's what I was saying to you. Like, you know damn right well that dude was swallowed alive. Right. It didn't happen instantly. It took a long time for that shit to happen. Right. That's the crazy part, man. And then the fact that they found it and they saw just this, like, you know, snake with this giant belly. You know what I mean? So they took a pocket knife and cut it open, and there was homeboy just laying inside dead. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, there's Akbar. There's Akbar. That was his name. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, see, that's why, like, and where did that happen at? What, what country was that? It was in Indonesia. I want to say, uh, I mean, Indonesia is fine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Close enough. So, <laughs> again, another reason why I would not travel to another country um, between getting taken and 22-foot-long and, and <laughs> fucking snakes, which my uh, my niece and her husband, the, the ones you met, they're yeah. actually uh, down in Key West, Florida right now. They're on vacation. And the first day they were there, dude, they, were, uh, they went in the swamps on one of them fucking airboats with all yeah. the alligators and shit. That's awesome. She put up a whole bunch of pictures from. I was like, I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? She's like, it was really cool. At any moment, them alligators could have jumped on the boat. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Like, what is fucking cool about that? There ain't nothing cool about that. Fuck them. They they will swallow you whole as well. No, thank you. I'm with you, dude. Like, we went on. It wasn't an airboat, but it was a boat. Uh, We went on a tour in Louisiana. And uh, the whole time, it was it was cool, I'm not going to lie. Like, But the whole time I was thinking, like, we'd be fucked. Like, if they rammed this boat and we all fell in the water, like, 90% of us aren't going to make it to shore. Because there were, like, seven crocodiles around us. You know what I mean? Like Insanity. Complete insanity. It was really fun, though. Uh, hey, I'll take your word for it. I really will. Like if you could, if you could do it, and you knew there weren't any like predators, you know what I mean. I think you'd have a good time because it's like the wind's blowing in your face, and you got like the salt water, and you see all these like swampy trees, and the sun's going down, and you hear all those you know birds and wildlife and stuff. It is really cool, but the alligators they screw it all up. <laughs> yeah, you know. If like uh, like I said to, to Jess, like 
when she put the pictures up, I'm like, there's no way I would be doing that. Like, I would just watch that. What's that show? Swamp People. You know, to yeah. see them like with the whole alligator scene. That's as close as I want to get to an alligator. Is I'll, I'll watch Swamp People to see an alligator. Like that's it. Like I don't need to go into a swamp on a boat that's got a giant fan on it to go see alligators. Like it, it's not on my bucket list of life at any. It's not in the top one million things to do of a bucket list of life for me. The crazy thing is, dude, like, I, I kid you not, like, this is my kid's dream. Like, like she wants to work with alligators and be the person inside the shark cage and, you know what I mean, like, swimming with the sea lions and shit. Like, that's, like, there are people out there that just have no fear of that. You know what I mean? Like, they may have other fears to be afraid of heights or clowns or whatever, but when it comes to animals, they just have this natural, like, nah, I'm good. You know what I mean? All right. Well, I'm going to say two words, and then we're going to take a commercial break because uh, our guest uh, is waiting. Um, what, what was his name? Robert Irwin? <laughs> Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. The That's all I got to say. Yeah, look at him now. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? I That's all I'm going to say on that note. Uh, we'll be right back. Three minutes commercial break. We'll be coming back with our guest on the flip side, Mr. Eric Cohn of Nostalgia Fest. Stay tuned. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap, it's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin on the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? 
Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stories page on Facebook. All right, welcome back to Your Radio. You know, real quick before we get uh, Eric on the phone here, Nick. Uh, Kristen, if you look on Instagram, uh, Kristen just put up a throwback Thursday pic. She used to do like a home shopping post <laughs> on, on Shop NBC. You, you got to say it's kind of scary. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm check that out. Yeah, check that out. So, all right, well, let's welcome to the show. This man is about to set Philadelphia on fire with Nostalgia Festival Philadelphia coming up April 8th and 9th. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Eric Cohn. What's going on there, Eric? Not much, guys. How are you guys doing today? Hey, we're, we are living life, enjoying life, and staying away from those games. <laughs> excellent, excellent, guys. So, uh, so, uh, so how I, uh, okay. I was going to say, like, uh, so you're like you've entered this world of uh, of I, I guess you can call it a con, a, you know, convention uh, promoting. Like, how, how did you get like into this whole situation? So it goes back to I used to own a restaurant in, in New Orleans on Bourbon Street, and I sold uh, Philly che- Philly cheesesteaks out there, and uh, I got my little taste for the uh, entertainment business back then. I did some catering okay. for about. 10 to 15 movies, met a bunch of stars. Nice. And, you know, I kind of got my little, you know, taste of, of the entertainment there. And then I came back and I did that from December of 2007. And I came back to the uh, Philadelphia area. I'm from originally um, from Bucks County. Okay. And I uh, came back in, in uh, January of 2012. Got a little bit into the, uh, went to a bunch of different cons when I came back. And then about a, about, Around this time, about a year ago, I said, you know what? I've been to all these different cons that are out there, and no one caters to the 80s and 90s, which are probably the best decades ever back-to-back, where people can just say, here's a movie, here's a TV show, here's music, whatever it may be, and just like, you just stop what you're doing and you watch or listen, and that's what the 80s and 90s are about. So I said, okay. And, you know, if you look at Hollywood, Hollywood's embraced, you know, those time periods as well. If you see them remaking all the different movies that they're doing. Right. So if Hollywood's embraced it, you know, why, are, why is there not a, you know, a, a festival, a con that caters to that? And um, I started putting the, uh, the list together, you know, different guests I wanted to bring who would, you know, appeal to the, the masses. Um, I wanted to... You know, you see certain different events that are out there that have five or seven guys of the same 
from the same genre, like same same movie or whatever it may be, TV show, may, but I wanted to give a taste because not everyone has the same taste. So, sure. so I wanted to say, hey, I want to bring some guys from TV. I want to bring some guys from movies and put them all together, and, and people, people remember. And that's where I came up with the list that I came up with. And I said, guess what? Who doesn't like beer and wine? <laughs> I think everybody likes that, <laughs> likes that in today's I society. So I said, and, and when you drink, guess what? You need to, you need to eat. So I added, I added 15 food trucks. So oh. it's just, yeah, so it's not like you go to different, you know, you go to different cons, different out there festivals. You might have like, hey, there's a couple. I have 15 different food trucks that are unique. Whatever they sell, that's the only one who's selling this. You're not going to go to say, this guy's selling hot dogs, this guy's selling, there's like three or four people selling the same thing. No. Everyone's unique, cause, and they're not from the uh, – they're from all over. So you're going to get tastes that you've never had before to the area. So – and then I, you know, I came with a list, you know, with Gary Busey was a name that, you know, everyone – you hear that name, you just want to – you want to see what he's going to do. And that's what – that's <laughs> what it, <laughs> you don't know what he's going to do, when he's going to do it. He's Gary. Gary's going to be Gary. And the Absolutely. one thing I ask all my guests to be is be who you are. You know, be be the person that people grew up watching, right? And love and why you love these people. I mean, you got you know Dustin Diamond and and Dennis Haskins. So you know, you look go back to Saved by the Bell. The only two who are on the show the longest, right? Um, they're gonna be you know there. And then I got some people actually um, that haven't done you know events cons in a, in a, in a long time or ever. For example, uh, Long Duck Dong, Gade Watanabe. Yeah. That's a great one. He, he, yeah, he just, Hell yeah. you know, he's he, he he's a guy that everyone's like, oh, what's happening, hot stuff? You know, like everyone's <laughs> excited, like, you know, you know. And he's a he's a cool guy. Uh, I've been talking to him. A lot of, a lot of the guests I talked to directly through you know phone or email, and they've uh-huh. all been open to you know whatever questions you know whatever I, they could do to make 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 it a great event. And that's what that's what it's all about. It's about Getting people who typically don't go. If I say the word con, people are like, you know, what is? That? I don't want to. I don't know. Understand what it is. But you know, right. the festival, it's, it's it's different. You can get people who have never been to an event like this that love the '80s and '90s. Sure. And they're like, guess what? I want to see this guy. I want to take a photo. I want to get an autograph. And you know, and, and I get to drink for free. It's like. <laughs> What what am I missing? You know what am I missing? Why have no, why have no other events been like this? And it's, wait, about wait, wait. It's, it's all about value to everybody. Wait wait wait. What do you mean for free? You get to drink for free. So when you're with your admission, for the for the price of the door, which is forty for general admission and okay. eighty for VIP, you get beer and wine sampling each day for every day you buy your 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 admission ticket. For that day, for example, on Saturday. If you do if you do VIP, it's twelve thirty to four, and if I'm sorry, twelve thirty to five, and if you do general mission, it's one to five. Where it's it's a beer and wine festival. You know that's, that's the same same thing. The concept of beer and wine festival, you get free beer as much as you can drink. So so like where most events are like it's all about the value. You're getting people pay forty bucks just to get the opportunity to see the guests I'm having. And I'm throwing in free beer and wine. Yeah. That is amazing. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no catch to it. There's no like there's no fine print now. You're gonna have you're gonna have the opportunity just you know where people will pay for a beer and wine festival. You're paying forty bucks just to drink for a couple of hours. Like you go to a beer and wine festival, you get samples, but there's really nothing to do. Right. Nostalgia Fest is a whole day to spend and do everything you could ever want to do in a day. You're gonna you know, you're gonna you're gonna drink, you're gonna eat, you're gonna meet guests, you're gonna buy items from, from different artists, um, crafters, you know, comic book guys, you name it. Everything is there you could ever want in a day at your fingertips. Now, you know, it's it, it, the, the crazy thing, like when we talked on the phone the first time, um, I had mentioned to you how I see the, the billboards on I-95. You have two billboards, one on each direction. And mm-hmm. you said, like, you know, you're going all out with this promotion-wise. You spent a ton of money. Uh, I mean, and now with the explaining this whole thing with the beer and wine, like you truly are like with this whole event, you know, go big or go home. I mean, you're truly going big with everything. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, I've done, like you said, billboards, there are actually six billboards between the Turnpike, 95, Route 1, Street Road. Oh, wow. on, okay. You know, am I allowed to say other radio stations on here or now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just, yeah. I got, I'm on Ben FM, I'm on Mix 106, and I'm on uh, 105, 104.5, um, I'm also before every movie in the, within the within the 15 20 mile radius with Nishamani, Oxford Valley, Warrington, Franklin Mills, and Woodhaven. I got Ogre, who is Don Gibb, to do his famous line. He screamed, "Nerds!" And I'm telling you, before every movie, so in 84 screens between all those theaters, before. Every movie for the last four weeks going on this weekend be number week number five. There's a commercial before every movie. And he screams and I'll tell you right now, I've watched it numerous times. He just screams, goes, Nerds and everyone's looking at their phone and they look up and they just see the lineup I have and you just see like the people who get it, you just they're just mesmerized. Because they're like, Is this for real? Like they get the biggest question, people are like, Is this for real? Or like all these people really coming to this area? And the answer is yes. They are. Now, I, so I mean, that that was that right there when you were telling me that was so impressive. On top of all this other stuff you're doing, so I, I gotta ask, like, have you done promoting of anything else with it? Or no, no. So here's here's where my background. I, I graduated from University of Pittsburgh with a finance and marketing degree. Okay. And and I've always when I was in New Orleans, like I told you before, with my restaurant. New Orleans is a very highly competitive food food market. You're the best of the best down there. People come down there for the, the taste of flavors of New Orleans. I was selling cheesesteaks where people were looking for seafood or what have you. You know that the, the you know your jambalaya, your gumbo, whatever have you. And I was able to take to be number one in deliveries for the area because I found the niche. It's all about finding the niche. So the niche is the 80s and 90s for Nostalgia Fest. That's what everybody loves. So my thing right. is, what's, what's it going to take? I'm a tough critic myself. What would it take to have someone's attention? The first thing was I had to, had to locate who was the person out of the guest list I'm having 
that if I said their name, it would just people think what? And Gary Busey was the name. That's where I started. Okay, who's my guest list? Who's going to draw the biggest name? It's Gary Busey. Because like I told you before, you don't know what he's going to say, what he's going to do. Gary's going to be Gary. And I had to find an image that, which I did find, with him pointing at you. So if you're driving, doesn't matter how fast you're driving, you see that at the corner of your eye, it's going to catch your attention. And that's where, you know, that's where I started with him. And I said, you got, you got to, you got to appeal to people visually. You got to appeal to their hearing. You know, every which way you can. The more ways you're able to get the people. And they're like, all right, now they see it, they can understand the concept and want to come for Nostalgia Fest. So I figure, you know, you can't, I'm only one person. I can't knock on, you know, millions of doors right. as much as I would want to. So what's the ways? And, you know, with the billboards, with the radio, with the movies, um, actually, they'll be on uh, uh, the Good Day Philadelphia. I'll have okay. a segment on there the day before. And the NFL has knocked on my door as well. You ever familiar with the top ten countdown on the NFL net on the NFL network? Uh, no. Ever, all right, so they do a top ten where they you know, like could be like the who's the best quarterbacks from the '80s, for example, and they'll give you the top ten. Well, they're coming okay. out to uh, Nostalgia Fest to do interviews of every guest I'm having to put on their show. So, you know, they get it. You know, TV gets a paper, articles have been written. You know, the concept there, it makes sense. Everybody is on board, and it's going to be a great event. And it's about, you know, like I said it before, it's about the value. Like, I want people to say, guess what? I, I got my money's worth. I had a great time, and I can't wait for next year's event. So this is going to be an annual event. And that, that was one of my questions. Were you planning to do this every year? Or? Yeah. I'm a, I'm not a, I'm not a one shot pony. I'm I'm in for the long term, and that's why I want to build it up. You know, you got to spend money to you know to get grab the awareness. There's a lot of different people who have. Hey, I have an idea, and I think it's going to be great, but they don't do any promoting to make it happen. Where you know, they're looking. You know, I'm not I'm not the Wizard World yet. You know, top top echelon yet. But you know, that's where I want to strive to. In order to do that, you got to you know you got to you got to put the money in. You know, I'm Absolutely. fortunate enough to be successful um, in the mortgage business, which helped me get to where, you know, to be able to do what I'm doing. But um, that's where it goes. I mean, if you, if, if you can't let people know about what you're doing, they're just not going to be because it's just an idea. You think it's great. You got to make sure people can see that as well. Right. So what do you think has been the, the best promotional tools so far? Because one thing I haven't really heard you mention um, has been social media. Yeah, I mean, so yes, I, I've been doing social media. We started out with zero, you know, likes on our on our on our Facebook and Twitter and what have you. We've um, and I'm over, you know, 1,100 in a very short time period. Um, yeah, we've been doing it social media, um, as, as well as the guests doing social media. Um, but to the point of when you see social, it's 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 there, but you kind of forget it. I think sometimes. Um, I'm bigger on in your course of your day of how my, how what's going to make you remember something during the day. If you see it a, a, a Facebook, you know, uh, message or a, a tweet or whatever, 
you might remember for a, a second, but if you're constantly seeing billboards, you're constantly hearing on the radio, or you're going to the movies, that's going to bring, oh, I got to check this out. And then you want to, you know, to push it out. Social media is definitely important. Don't misunderstand me. But, you know, that's what the guests are, that's what the guests are doing. If you, if you, and, you know, last week Gary said, you know, he's getting pumped up. He's excited for Nostalgia Fest. Corbin Burnson said that for Major League. Um, David Faustino, actually, this is the 30-year anniversary of, of uh, Married with Children. He's going to be there. That's so great. if you think about it, I mean, I got, I mean, his shows, Married Children is still on TV today. I think it's on TBS, TNT, one of those, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, you, getting guys like that. I mean, tell me when was the last time you, you heard David Faustino in this area? You know? Uh, you know what? I, I go to, like, most of these cons and all that in, in the tri-state area, and I, I don't remember him ever <laughs> being at one. Right. And everyone remembers Bud Bundy, you know? Of course. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, I got some, you know, so it's just getting the right people. I mean, you know, Michael Winslow, you know, from Police Academy, having him, the different voices he can do. Right. I'm thinking about my girlfriend had an idea because I have a buddy who's going to pick him up as a cop. I was going to have him pick, pick him up in this cop car and have Michael Winslow do the siren noises as it goes through the, 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 uh, <laughs> in the town. Oh, <laughs> uh, that so, would be fun. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it's all getting the awareness, and it's you know, it's been great. You know, people have been emailing me, calling me, you know, asking, "Hey, can I? You know, is this person going to be there? Can I get tickets at the door?" Yes, you can get tickets at the door. They will be available. You know, I, I recommend everyone getting there early. Because you know it's gonna you know it's gonna fill up quickly and you know you know we're gonna make things happen. But you know earlier the better to make sure you can get that time with that star you want to meet. You know to see the to see the you know the different um, artists and and uh, crafters and they have some great stuff. You'll see. I picked and, cho- and chose the different people that are gonna be in Nostalgia Fest because I thought they had some great stuff. Nice. You know, it's not stuff you're gonna. You, when you go to a typical con, you see the same thing over and over and over and over again. In the Souther Fest, it's a mixed bag of unique items. You know, which is different. You know, I want everyone. Guess what? I, you know, they're there because they're the best of the best. Very cool. Yeah, I'm excited. This is gonna be awesome. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's uh. You know, you know, just, I mean, just the guest list. I mean, it's just, everyone has that little, you know, it's a little bit for everybody. I mean, you got, you know, Tia Carrera. I mean, it's a 25-year anniversary of Wayne's World. And and she still looks as good as she did back then. She has an age. Oh, absolutely. Now, now out, of, out of all this, once you really got into doing this and the whole nitty-gritty of it, what has been, like, the hardest part, do you think, so far? The hardest part for me was lining up the schedule of how everyone's going to be autographing to me personally. It wasn't, you know, dealing with the agents was fine. All the agents were great. I really lucked out. I was fortunate to get the the agents I dealt with for the the guests. Um, But putting – I really felt like it was all coming together like – 
the, the puzzles put together, and I finally put all the schedule, and it all lined up because of this person when they're, you know, when they're coming in and, and, and balancing. It's like I felt like an accountant when you finished it. You finished the tax return. Everything balanced. Everything was great, and that's what that was the toughest part. I mean, I spent hours putting that together, you know, because I wanted a nice flow to yeah. go through the show. I want someone to be able to say, I was able to get this person, I was able to get this person because of, you know, the balance of everything. You know, giving everybody all at the same time, it's, you know, it's going to be, it makes it a mess. It's all about a system. I want everyone to flow. And that's, what I, that's why I put together that schedule. So that was, that was kind of the toughest part for me. As that's far true. As so far. That's you, true. You know, you just, and the one thing, I, and, and you could probably, you could probably agree or disagree with me on this, but you go to a lot of cons, and they're just a mess. There's no yeah. system, no flow to it. Mm-hmm. The Fest is going to have a flow to it. Everyone's going to be able to see, you know, you're going to go from this place to that place to do this, to do that, and you're not bumping over every ch- everybody. You're going to be, you know, it's going to make sense. And that's, you know, it's just amazing sometimes – You'll walk in and you're like, Where, what's going on here? You're going, for, you're going from room to room. You don't know what the, what's going on. Not nostalgia fest. You're going to know everything going on. It's going to make sense. And it's going to be smooth. So, And I'm fortunate to have, you know, friends and family helping out as far as, you know, staff-wise and, um, and volunteers that are out there to help make nostalgia fest great. And that's what it's all about. And that's a good point too. Like, I mean, how many times have people gone to these uh, conventions? And just like you said, like where there's, um, you know, whoever the the star could be, and the lines are just so long, and people are just like, you know what, screw it. Like, I'm not going to wait in that line, and end up missing out on stuff. And it sounds like you you put together a system where you're not going to really have that problem. No, you're gonna, you know, when the person comes out, every you know, like 10 o'clock, the first group of four comes out. At, 10, at 11 o'clock, the next group of four, then 11.30. So you have a nice flow. And the one thing I made sure, which a lot of, a lot of cons mess up on, they have too many guests. Right. So you lose, you lose, it, you lose people in there because there's only so how – many, how many autographs can one person get? Right. You know, in a day. And to be like – you know, and, and all my guests, the autographs are between twenty and forty dollars, all very reasonable. Yeah. You know, it was something I helped talk to the guests. I said, let's make it affordable for everybody. You know, in today's economy, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, you want, you know, it's it's tough. Everybody works twice as hard to make half as much. And yes. um, I, I just made sure I said, hey, I want everybody to feel that. You know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, I don't want people coming out saying, why did I pay X amount of dollars I ever paid? I want people to say, I got it. I felt like I got a deal. I got value. But um, it's, it's exciting. I mean, it's, I can't believe it's almost a week away. You know, it's yeah, like, kind of like. Now? Like now, like reality hitting you, like it's almost here. <laughs> yeah. Well, for the last month, I, about, I wake up about, I go to sleep, doesn't matter when. I wake up about four o'clock and I have some kind of dream of, you know, of what what's what's going to happen, you know? So it's like, you know, I'm looking forward to actually, you know, the dreams become reality. You know, it's, it's something that I've talked about it. You know, people are like getting excited and like they can't wait. Well, I can't wait either. I mean, it's, 
you know, it's it's been a dream, and now it's just, we're, you know, we're almost a week away. You know, this time next week I'll be probably, still, you know, getting a couple little last-minute you know, pieces put together, and then I'll be ready. I'll be there probably like 6 o'clock in the morning, the day before setting up, getting everything ready. Yeah. Wait, wait till the real fun begins. Setting up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, <laughs> oh, I, absolutely. Well, I made sure I already started with my vendors to uh, to make sure to see when they're coming because I'm I'm all about schedule. You know, I want to be able. You know, you go to certain different you know events where they don't open up on time because they're not ready. That's not scout. We're going to be open at nine. Right on the dot. I've already talked to my vendors, setting up when they're coming in, you know, you're making sure that they're early. They said it's all about, you know, doing, getting to the public when they want you to be there. So, you know, that's one thing. I, I don't tolerate lateness. It's all about, hey, let's get this thing going. Let's get the party started. So, very, very that's good. what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm actually doing a, 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 a rehearsal tomorrow with a couple of people to kind of go through the motions of what it's going to be like. So, oh, nice. You know, that, that there's a ton of prep being done. So it's not, it's not going to be like, Oh, what is this? I mean, you can't predict everything. No, no, no. you know, but I can go through a lot of different things in order to uh, ensure success, you know? So that's what we're going to be doing. And it's being held at, Fisher's Tudor House, which is in it's, if you take you take 95 or Turnpike, it's uh, the Street Road exit. Okay. Um, and it's and it's right right on right down the street from Parks Casino. You can't miss it. It's right in the corner of Humeville and Street Road. I know, okay yeah 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 I know oh you know, that's funny. I've always said I wanted yeah, to go in that. Now I am. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely yeah it's it's one of those like. You ever find like I can't believe no one else, no one else thought about using this place. This is it. I mean, it's got a huge, huge parking garage. You know, it's got a double decker, and then there's plenty of parking around around the, the area. So I mean, easily can within 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 a you know about a block radius, you got easily anywhere from about two to four thousand parking spots. So. That's just right within a block period, you know. So it's it's pl- it's very big. The area is great for it. You know, it's it's easy to get to. You know, if you're coming from New York, it's right down the Turnpike, Jersey to PA. Second exit, you're there. If you're coming from South Jersey, you have multiple bridges to get over. Ninety-five exit, you're there. You're from the local area, Street Road, you know, Route One. It's so accessible. I'm 15 minutes from downtown, but guess what? It's free parking at Fisher's Tudor House and in the area. Right. Where if you, if you go to any, you go to anything down in the city. Good luck on that. You know, I'd rather that the the event goers spend money at the event than to get to the event. You know, you waste 20 to 40 yeah. bucks parking in a city. What do you yeah, get exactly. for that? Nothing. <laughs> exactly, and that's one thing about nostalgia. I will never pick a venue that has that has charge for parking. It's all about saving people money. I hate it myself. How can I expect people to do something if I hate it? You know, <laughs> that, 
He's a my civil man. He comes to the facts like, hey, free parking. Everybody, no one's going to complain about free parking. And if you don't have a car, there's buses that go right there. There's trains nearby. So it's, it's, there's, there's, not, there's so many ways to get there and so easy to get there. And that's why I picked the location. Yeah, good choice. Very good choice. Thank you. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's one of those things like, people are like, yeah, I, I, I've seen it. I've been there. It's been years. I can't wait to go. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's all it's exciting. It's exciting stuff. I mean, you know, to me, it's, you know, we get to this time next week, you know, I'll be picking some of the stars up from the airport and then the next day and getting them to their hotels. And, you know, it's all, it's all exciting. So I'm looking yeah. forward to the fruits of my labor. <laughs> so and and probably uh like throughout the weekend where if people want to meet Eric, I am sure he will be uh probably the person that you see with a you know, a cup of beer or a glass of wine in his in hand to uh calm the stress. Absolutely. No. See I had <laughs> like I told you in New Orleans, I, I, I had my training for this years ago when I did Mardi Gras. Um on Bourbon Street when I was owning a business. So that was as crazy as one could be in a short period of time. So I kind of had my, uh, my training there, and I'm ready. I'm ready for all the, uh, the craziness, excitement for Nostalgia Fest. You know, I embrace it with open arms, as they say. That's awesome. And I, I'm assuming you will sleep for a week after this is all done. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that's, that's the goal. It'd be like, I told my, uh, my, my girlfriend, I said to her, I said, you know, I'll give it a month afterwards before I look into looking to next, you know, 2018. I said, I'll give you a month of freedom, you know, cause I mean, I'm out there going to, you know, for the last year I've been going to different events. I've been out there promoting, you know, waking up at four, four o'clock in the morning to put signs on the side of the road. You know, different days, you know, going out to restaurants, what have you, to put my flyers out there. You know, it's all about gaining awareness, you know, especially the first time, you know, festival. It just, you know, people are, you know, people are like, what is this? What is it about? So the more awareness I can gain, it just, it's, it's wildfire. It just spreads. Right. Right. Uh, this will be awesome. Uh, Cool. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. So, where can everybody go for uh, for all the information, advance tickets? Yeah. Yeah. If you go to uh, NOS Fest, that's NOSFest dot com. They can get. If you go online right now, tickets are thirty five for general admission and sixty five for VIP. And at the door, there'll be forty for general admission and eighty for VIP. So, it's better to go online right now to get the tickets. Um, also, I don't charge any. You know. Uh, uh, service charge fees for using your, you know, PayPal or credit card or debit card, whatever it may be. So it's, you know, I'm all about, you know, like I told you over and over again about giving value to people. So, Absolutely. I mean, tickets, you know, you can get them online, nosfest.com. Um, but if not, if you, you know, at the door, you know, we, we have, you know, you'll, you'll be able to pay. Actually, also buy credit card at the door as well, um, not just cash. So it's a combination, and, you know, there'll be three lines, will call, credit card, and cash. So, you know, it's all about flow. I want people to flow in, flow out. So Absolutely. it's definitely accessible. So, uh, you know, looking forward to the crowds. 
you know, it's going to be exciting. Everyone's pumped up. The weather looks like it's going to cooperate. So it's all about it's all about a great weekend. Excellent. Well, Eric, I want to wish you lots of luck, and uh, I will probably be there probably on Saturday. I'll be there. So uh, I look forward to meeting in, enjoying the, the whole fun. Exactly. And, you know, bring your appetite, you know, bring your, your thirst, and get ready, get ready to see some great people. I'm a fat guy who loves to eat, loves to drink, and loves uh, to meet celebrities. So it's a trifecta for me. Exactly. Went across the board, my friend. There you go. But, uh, <laughs> I thank you for the opportunity to talk to you and your audience. I look forward to seeing everyone in Nostalgia Fest April 8th and 9th. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Eric, and I'll keep throwing that out there for everybody and posting stuff out right there for you. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Have a good night. Yeah. All right, well, there he goes. Eric Cohn of Nostalgia Fest, Philly. Make sure you're there April 8th and 9th at the Hoover yeah. House. Which Nick uh, Nick said the place has amazing seafood. <laughs> Dude, that's like that's like my spot. That's like home ground zero. You know what I mean? Now, how far from there did, did you did you were you living? Oh man, like the thing is, like I grew up really white trash, so we lived at like 137 different places. But it was all around that, like, Ben Salem area, and my best gotcha. friend, Bill, who, you know, you know online, he uh, he lives literally, I think, like, three blocks from there. And we used to walk there all the time. His family, like, every family gathering was actually a great fucking outside-of-the-box thinking venue. That's, it was a I'm, – I'm totally blown away that I didn't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun time, fun show. Fifteen food trucks. Yeah, did you read the comment that I left you about? Um, oh, that that reminds me of something else I wanted to tell you too. But yeah, did you just read my last comment about the animated thing? Yes. Dude, that was fucking clean up. That would be, like, the equivalent of, like, you remember, like, underground comics and, and like, uh, what were they called? Uh, Faces of Death. Like, those sort of, the things that were, like, do they really exist? You know what I mean? Like, oh, man. We need to just have, like, creative meetings with these people. That dude, he's got some really good idea, original ideas. Like the whole thing with the uh, uh, before the movies. I mean, dude, that's huge. Yeah. No, absolutely. And you I didn't imagine, realize though if he could get Bud Bundy and then the guy that plays the son on Happily Ever After to do a panel together. <laughs> I would totally go to, like I would instantly be there to see that shit. Those little sort of once in a lifetime moments, like that's gonna sell tickets, you know what I mean? Right. Now you're right. Oh man. I just be so excited when other people have cool shit going on. <laughs> we have our own cool shit going on. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I know, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. We, we need to have our own staff meetings. So what time should I call you Monday that you won't answer? (laughs) (laughs) I might answer. I I can't hear you. (laughs) No, well, people in general. I'll pick it up so they don't say that I don't answer. But then I'll be like, dude, I can't hear you. Call me back. Uh, (laughs) And then you don't hear the phone ring. Right, right, right. Too freaking funny. <laughs> um, let me see here. Let me uh, let me go through my. Uh, yeah, Justice League trailer came out last week. What, what were you? What was your opinions on that? To watch what I say here, because I have to frame it in a certain way that excludes. Okay, but. There's a lot of things that are wrong with the DC universe. You know what I mean? Like, we could sit here and complain about that all day long. But at one point in time during that trailer, Aquaman was fucking riding the Batmobile with his, with his like, you know, giant spear. And it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how can you get mad at that? Like, I, I just, it's, no matter how bad it is, it looks awesome. But it looks bad. It, 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 I, I, there's things I hate about Aquaman, and there's things I like about what I'm seeing from them. I love the fact that they made him a badass. That's, you know what I mean? Like, that's great. Wonder Woman, I think, has the most promise out of all of the movies, but I'm really interested in, to see what happens to, with Cyborg and if they're going to bring, like, Nightwing and stuff into it. They announced a, a Batgirl movie is coming, so, like, there's a they have huge plans, and it's hard not to get excited no matter how you feel. Like, like I said, Aquaman was riding on top of the Batmobile. <laughs> now... Um, how about like the one thing like I'm I'm and I've said many times I'm a huge Flash fan, and the I I, I didn't like the Flash costume. I, looked, I agree, it looks mechanical almost. Yeah, I was to say like like robotic, like or like a robot or something. I assume it's going to be like armor, you know what I mean? But yeah, they, I mean. The CW just did such a good job with the classic costume that they should have stuck with that. Yeah. Now, the the Batgirl movie, did they say who is going to play Batgirl? They didn't say who was going to play Batgirl, but they said it's going to be written and directed by Joss Whedon, who's responsible for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and also the first Avengers movie. So um, it's going to be fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Like, if they get a, 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 just the right actress in there, and you know who I'm thinking might be up for it, dude? Like, I personally, I would like to see Haley Steinfeld or Steinfeld, whatever her name is, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Emma Stone lands that role because 
she she's been nominated for some prestigious awards, and I bet you she wants to get into a franchise now. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that totally. She's a ginger, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it fits so it fills so many columns. And he yeah. has a history of making women heroes. Re- I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, really good. And, and, of course, he has experience in superhero films with the Avengers and stuff. So he could knock a Batgirl movie out of this park. You know what I mean? Exciting. It really is. It really is. That's what I'm saying. How, no matter how you don't like that universe, a little part of you still had to be excited watching that Avengers trailer, or uh, JLA trailer. Right. Now, uh, how about on the flip side of uh, DC with uh, the the TV universe, um, how good has Arrow been? Oh, man. I think last not the one that was yesterday, but the one that was a week ago. I think that may have been one of the single best performances of Stephen Amell's career. Agreed. Yeah, I, that... I mean, he just completely knocked it out of the park. And when he ended that episode and he was just so thoroughly defeated, you felt it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's right, been... Killing it. I'll tell you what, like... Um, like the whole thing with this, this whole Damien Chase, you know, we all were like throughout the early part of the season, like trying to figure out who was uh, Prometheus. And, you know, when it was unveiled, it was kind of like sad. It was a like, letdown. You could say it was, yeah, a, it was letdown. a letdown. But the storyline has made it not be a letdown because it's been so intense with this whole character and then with last week's episode um it just like you said it knocked it out of the park it just put the the whole storyline over completely dude the swerve with evelyn you could see it coming a mile away and it was still emotional you know what i mean like when she was laying there on the ground i knew she wasn't dead but at the same time, I was like, this is amazing. I can't believe they're doing this. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I will say this, though. If, I don't know if you got a chance to see the Legion of Doom episode of Legends of Tomorrow this week. I tell you what, that was the best episode, I think, of the season. I, I think it may be the best episode of this series. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool stuff, nods to the animated series, to movies, to pop culture. I mean, Prison Break reference was so funny. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that, that was, it was just awesome. It, I'll and tell you, it was thing, like... The thing is, dude, Supergirl is strong, but I miss Cat. You know what, dude? I'm so behind on that. Actually, like went to go, um, uh, like my on demand and go back and watch it, and they have like all the episodes there, but now you got to pay for them if it's like so many weeks behind. I'm like, oh really? That, yeah. 
Oh, man. Uh, Kevin Sorbo and Perry Hatcher just debuted as Monel's parents. It's okay. fucking great. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what, and she looked really, really good on the uh, the musical special. Oh, man, she did. I mean, just dynamite. And I know you didn't like the musical episode, but, dude, I, like, I, I felt the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that uh, John Barrowman knocked it out of the fucking park for, like, Everybody else sounded like an amateur compared to Barrowman when he opened his mouth. Yeah. Yep. Wait, like, wait, now. Holy shit, Malcolm Merlin can sing. You know what I mean? Like Now, uh, on Legends the other night, they showed there was a, a scene with, uh, with Thawne who had, like, a trophy case of mask. Yes. And it, they showed it so quick. And I was only able to see Flash's mask and Wild Dog's mask. Was what were some of the other masks? Did you notice? Oh, did you see the whole episode? Yes. Yeah, it looked like the yeah, it looked like the Flash was there. It looked like Wild Dog was there. There was some version of the Green Lantern there. There was um, oh, what was the other one that I noticed? Ah, damn. I can't think of the other one that I noticed. Uh, 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 the Red Arrow. Oh. And is it me, or did uh, Felicity, she had a Huntress thing going on, right, with the purple and black and and the uh, sort of the angular shape of her mask and stuff. She sort of reminded me of the Huntress. Yeah. But... And it was, so, so they're really going to take her into a hero now, aren't they? They're not. I, I actually I read an interview from the from you know one of the writers, and he said that one of the things that he has always been insistent upon is that they'll never kill Thea, and that Felicity will never wear a mask. So that was hmm. like the sort of nod to it. You know what I mean? Gotcha. You get to see it without it being part of the actual timeline or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, here we go. Uh, a collection here has been filled in Green Arrow, The Flash, Spartan, and Ragman. All oh, Ragman, yeah. Damn, dude. Yo, and Sarah was. Like, you could feel her rage. You know what I mean? Like, she's another one. You, she has, you know, it, it's, it's like in wrestling. She's gotten that push, and she has taken full advantage of it. She really has. She, uh, look, it's totally for me between her and Rory as who are the standout characters. But at the same time, I really like what they've done with Nate and uh, the Adam, as they're sort of like best friends, you know what I mean? They're, but, like, uh, us. they're it, like the nerd herd of the ship. <laughs> the, the, but the Adam, like, 
they've really downplayed his whole um, hero side, really, this season. They have. They've been focusing on sort of like his brain and stuff like that, and it's interesting. I don't know where they're going with it. You know what I mean? Like, Which next makes season me, will be a different ball game. That's what I was going to say. It makes me wonder, uh, will he be returning next season? And it's kind of cool to have new characters. You know what I mean? Like, you can drop him off for a year or two and then pick him up later on. You know what I mean? Like, it, the way they have it set up is it's totally open to adding new characters every season. Right. Oh, here we go. Jandy's back on. Yo. Hey. What's up, man? Hey. Hey. I haven't heard any of the show. I've been packing and getting ready. Well, let me let me throw something at you guys and and just kind of blow your minds a little bit. But uh, keep in mind that the girl that plays Sarah Lance isn't the original Sarah. Isn't that amazing? Like when you think of Sarah Lance, boom, she comes into your head, doesn't she? Wait a minute. Katie Locks wasn't the original Sarah Lance. Who was the original? I forget. I I don't even I, I don't even know the actress's name. She was in pictures and like two flashbacks. You know what I mean? Like Wow. Well what it was it, it was supposed to be like a younger version of her, right? Well, I I mean it was, but at the same time, when they changed it and they were showing flashbacks of her, like, on the boat, she looked like Katie Lott. You know what I mean? Right. So it, yeah. it was it's supposed to be younger, but the way they backtracked, not so much. You know what I mean? Right. I, I just yeah. I thought that was amazing because when we all think of, uh, you know, the White Canary or, or Sarah, that's totally who we have in mind. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I still haven't watched any of it. She was originally portrayed by Jacqueline Machine Woods, was her name, in the pilot episode and in flashback. So, yeah, that's, and yeah, I mean, she was just replaced. That's. Well, they do that quite often, I mean, you know. Yeah. Look at old Derwood. That is true. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and, Bay, this might bore you for a second, but I wanted to bring something up with Jeanette real quick, and that was, uh, I saw a clip to a Doctor Who episode tonight that really made me want to sit down and watch the, the whole episode. Yeah? It oh. was... It looked like it was the doctor and the, the hot ginger from Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, right. they had brought Vincent Van Gogh to the future to see, like, the way people were reacting to it. Because I guess, like, when he was, uh, uh, you know, alive, nobody gave a shit about him. And they, like, yeah. brought him into the future to say it was amazing. It was, it was one of the best executed scenes I had ever seen in a TV show. Yeah, that was a very good episode. Um, I think Vincent and, Vincent and I, or I think that's what it's called, 
um, the episode. But yeah, they go back basically uh, in the beginning of the episode. They look at uh, they're in there looking at paintings because uh, Amy, his companion, is a big fan of uh, Vincent Van Gogh, and he sees something in one of the paintings the doctor and he says uh we have to go see vincent van gogh so they go back in time and and yeah uh battle some kind of uh of demon i won't i won't give it away but uh, yeah they're not just battling vincent's demons they're battling other demons as well so um and and yeah it's it's a very sad episode and it's but it's very you know it's a good episode it's fun episode um but yeah, I kind of get sad at the end. And I like the the one that played Vincent uh, Van Gogh was uh, he's been in uh, a ton of shit. Yeah. And but he's one of those guys it. that you just recognize. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's a good episode. You you'll want to see it. You'll want to see it. I'm going to check it out. Like, as soon as we get off the air, I'm probably going to go find it and watch it because it looked really cool. Yeah, it, it is a very good episode. I was, yeah, one of the ones I was happy with. Because um, I didn't really like, I wasn't a fan of uh, of Amy. Uh, oh, really? Karen Gillum. I wasn't, you know. I think she's ridiculously I, hot. She, she's <laughs> a beautiful girl. But unfortunately, it's the same thing that happens a lot of the modern companions, Rose Tyler didn't get this, or Billy Piper didn't get that, though. Um, but most of the, the modern companions, when they stay around too long, uh, they get, how do you say, uh, bold, I guess. Yeah. It's not so much, it's not so much of the, uh, the fresh face that's, you know, surprised by Daleks or, or Cybermen or whatever. Uh, you know, they become... Uh, Bold and warrior, you know what I mean? It, it just it kind of kills it. Same thing happened with Jenna Coleman. I like Jenna Coleman in the beginning. Right. Um, they go from being like attitude, the plucky sidekick to being like almost an equal to the main character, and you're like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's you know, I, they did that with one of the companions in the beginning, uh, Wendy Paterbury, which who played Zoe Harlan, and for the second Doctor. Um, but the second doctor was kind of like Matt Smith in a sense. He was a goof, um, you know, brilliant, but, but basically a goof. And, and she was supposed to be smarter than he was, but even then she didn't surpass him in, as far as, you know, on screen. Um, right. And I think part of that Jenna Coleman did that and, and uh, uh, Karen Gillum did that with Matt Smith. So kind of just that their characters really didn't, I didn't bond with those, um, but that that Vincent episode was was early enough for Karen Gillum where she wasn't like that yet. Right, right. Uh, it was still it was still a good episode, but uh, yeah, you know, we're coming back two weeks. I'm two weeks away. <laughs> Season ten. Unfortunately, Peter Capaldi's final episodes coming up. Yeah, uh, which I knew was going to happen, but you know, still sad about and, it. And did I see he's in the pilot episode of the spinoff, the the school one? Yeah, the class. He's in there. He's in it a couple times. Uh, oh, cool. Throughout the thing, they're trying to. They they were trying to uh, 
to make it more of a spinoff than than it actually was in a sense, right? By putting Baldy in it, um, but yeah, it, it, they still didn't do well in the ratings um, over in the UK. Uh, so they might not come back with a second season of Class. I might just be oh, a one and done. Sometimes that's I'm, for the best, though. You know what I mean? Like, it just tells a story, and it's over. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, I haven't seen it yet because you can't see it in the United States, which kind of sucks. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it could be it could be a great deal, or it could be just, eh, you know. Um, the only spinoffs that I actually – spinoff that I actually liked was that Sarah Jane Adventures. Um just because, you know, I wasn't even a fan, that big of a fan of Torchwood. I, I, I know you weren't, dude, but I got to tell you, like, Torchwood was my first introduction to the world of Doctor Who, and I didn't yeah. know it was, because it was the, uh, it was the American one, the one that was on, like, Showtime or Resurrection Day or something like that, and... I, right. Like I didn't know it was from a series. I didn't know, you know what I mean. I just, I, I knew that Barrowman was a character that they were all familiar with, but that was pretty much right. it. And, uh, but that, I, I really liked that series. I was genuinely upset when it didn't come back. Yeah, and and a lot of people were, and a lot, you know, a lot of people liked it. I was just, I wasn't as much into it, um, just because it reminded me too much of like X Files. Right, it did totally, and and I was like, eh, you know, I'm re- I wasn't really into it as far as that, um, you know, and they really didn't reference Doctor Who all that often. They mentioned him a few times. They mentioned the Doctor himself a few times uh, in passing in the series, and then they also had, uh, uh, damn it, Freema uh, Freema Agrew from uh, she played Martha the. the uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Third or fourth companion. They had her on for a little while, uh, maybe a couple episodes. Uh, but that was really it as far as, as that went. Um, they didn't deal with, like, Cybermen. They didn't deal with Daleks. They didn't deal with any of the kind of uh, monsters uh, or characters, uh, the, the bad guys from Doctor Who. So, yeah, yeah, it was like a singular plot. It it was and and like I said, it was more of the the uh, the X Files type of of you know breakdown. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so that with that, I wasn't into it as much. Um, I still liked it for its series itself, but as far as a spinoff, I wasn't you know I wasn't real happy with it. Um, you know they could have done more, and I think it, it, I think people thought the same thing about it. They could have done more. With uh, you know, adding in some of the Doctor Who characters, uh, the bad guys even, you know, the right, yeah, Cybermen, so, they're 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 going to attack sometime. You might as well bring them in at least once or twice. <laughs> uh, you know, and the Doctor could have made uh, or one of them. I, I forget which one it was when they were doing the series, but it was either Tennant or or Smith. They could have brought in one time, uh, you know, as they did with Capaldi for class. Right. But we will have to see two weeks away. We put Beta sleep. Yeah, I don't know. 
He went to the bathroom. <laughs> <though. Nah>. So. <laughs> it's like, all right. So, uh, so Jan- uh, Janetti, 9.30 the plane yeah. is coming in tomorrow? 9.31, it says I land. We'll see. Uh, I'll text you if anything changes, but yeah. 6.55 a.m. I have to be at uh, or my place taking off. So, yeah, I wasn't real happy with it. But the the, ma- the, the money that I spent on this, on that plane ticket was, was, you know, you can't bitch. I was, dude, I was blown away when you talked. Yeah, I was absolutely, you know, Nick, round trip, 100 bucks. Oh, wow, no way. Yeah. Holy shit. Yep. Oh, so yeah, I couldn't at that at that price. I ain't bitching about a six fifty five takeoff. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. Hell yeah. Then what time do you have to go back on Sunday? I think uh, let me see my paper. Uh, takeoff at ten forty a.m. Sunday. Oh, wow. Eight eight thirty. Yes. Huh. Yeah. So I, it, I'm spending like less than 48 hours. So. <laughs> as as usual. In and out. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I really, I you know what? To be honest with you, I was like, how cool would have been, you know, if I could like fly in that day and fly out that night. That would have been awesome. It would be a long day, but you're right. It would be kind of cool as shit. Yeah. Just to say, so, like, you know what I mean? You, like, you did it in one day. Boom. Yeah. But, you know, and I and I like seeing, I love seeing Bay and the family and all that, and, and all that but I'll be honest with you. I'm just like, uh, as David Tennant said, just before his regeneration, I don't want to go. Um <laughs> Uh, well, I think we all understand what it's like to be comfortable at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and it's 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 just that it's it's you know you you put the dogs away. Or, you know, my dog is, is at the, the border, and it's just one of those things where it's like you know there's so much shit I could be doing, and, I, and even if I was here, I wouldn't do. Do, be doing the shit that I say I could be doing, <laughs> but but yeah, it's like man, I could be doing this, I could be doing that, I could be doing this. yeah, I wouldn't be doing it, but I could be. So, oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm the same way. But yeah, I I could not see uh, me driving up there again this time. There was really no call for it. <laughs> that trip was miserable last time. Was it? I did, uh, yeah, I did. Because it's, it's 19 hours technically. I mean, you end up being like oh. 20, 21 or 22 hours overall with right. stops in there. But it's, yeah, it's just a long-ass fucking drive, man. Damn. You know. Yeah, no, I, I did it. Uh, one time I drove to... It was uh, Newport Ritchie, Florida. So yeah, it was a it was a soul crushing drive. Yeah, I told Bay because you know I'm about in the middle of the state right now in Florida. I'm about, right about the middle, 
you know. Um, and, and the first time I came down here, when you get to that Florida Georgia line, I was like, "Yeah, we're in we're in Florida finally." And it's it's another five hours to get there <laughs> here. Oh, like man, that's as, and honestly, I mean, I've done uh, Roanoke, Virginia to Philadelphia in five and a half hours. Right. So, and that to me was a long ass fucking trip. Yeah. Damn. So it was just like, God damn, man. And then uh, going I'll to tell back. You what, when I when I uh, when I drove down uh, the couple times I went down to visit you in Virginia, um, yeah. the time I did it myself, that I guess it was the first time I went down there. Um, it was truly like a whole soul searching mental, like just escape. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's it is. That's crazy though. That's a long ass drive, dude. <laughs> it's oh, not a bad trip. It's really not a bad trip. I mean, um, the longest well, part of you, it. Do you do it yourself, getting... like just Jimmy Janetti in a car? Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have any like. The reason I bring this up is because they just asked me if I was coming out for the May show. And one of the things I was saying is that it's not necessarily about the money. It's about getting on the road by myself for two days and, you know, stopping at hotels and stuff like that. Like, I don't think I have the balls to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and how about I've um, never... How about a train? What's uh like? What's the price of a train? I'll have to check that out. Like I honestly, I forgot they existed. Like I would be yeah. more comfortable. I mean, without a doubt, on a train. I think you would. I think anybody would. Then me in too. A totally. You could get up and like walk to the place where you get your sodas and stuff. But yeah, definitely. And I think the yeah. bathrooms are a lot bigger. But, Jimmy, I mean, you don't have any problem. Like, you just stop at, like, the Motel 6 and get in your room, and, like, you're not worried about people breaking in and killing you and shit. No. No, I didn't. Really, uh, <laughs> it was, you know what, honestly, I've more times than not, um, unless it's really a, uh, you know, something deal-wise, I didn't even stop at hotels most of the time. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I sat, you know, there was times, and even this last time when I went up with, uh, the last time I drove up to, from Florida here, um, I, I went and uh, the last time I ended up renting a van because I needed to bring stuff back with me uh, from Virginia. And when I went up, the whole way, um, I slept in the van the night, uh, the night before I got there with uh, at a rest stop. Holy Bay, could you even imagine that, dude? <laughs> that's, like, that's, that's like how horror movies start. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's not. I mean, you know, honestly, it was it was very comfortable because all no. of the seats and the fan went went down, and and uh, I just put the blanket over top of that and covered myself up in the pillow, and I was done. I was happy. That's- that's crazy. Uh, now like, sleeping in the car is miserable because yeah. you know I mean I'm not a I'm not a very large guy, uh, tall wise, but you know still you you want to stretch out. 
and you just can't. Live. Right. Uh, well, so, no, yeah, that's I, not always the greatest. Now, yeah. it's funny you say that because I have a, uh, like, Uplander, and, and most of the seats come out. And we were talking about that once. We were like, you know, we could take the back seats out, and we could fit, like, three sleeping bags in that comfortably, and we could drive out somewhere and camp. And I was like, are you out of your fucking mind? You know what I mean? Like, some guy with a hook is going to kill us. <laughs> yeah. No, you know I what? Get, Honestly, you get mad props for that shit, dude. That's like balls of steel in my book. No, and, and really, honestly, I mean, well, thank you, but the uh, it's really not as bad as you would think. Uh, most of the time, a lot of these a lot of these rest stops, uh, you know, they have a lot of people that are there. Right. Uh, it's not just like you're the only car. Or there's two cars there or whatever. Now, there's some rest stops where I've went to, you know, depending on when you go, uh, there are only maybe one or two people there. But most of the time, there's a, there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of truck drivers, mostly, um, in those things. And, yeah, you just, you know, you roll up, you, you put the seat back, and you, and you catch a few Zs. You lock your doors, obviously. Now, let me ask you this, because uh, we've had a lot of rock stars on the show, and we don't talk to them about this kind of stuff, but uh, have you ever experienced, like, the 2 a.m. knock on the window, like, toothless BJ equivalent to the ring rat? (laughs) No. Well, no. (laughs) You had to think of it. There was hesitation there. I heard it. Yeah. No, there was, uh, no, that, <laughs> no, uh, it was, uh, it was a few times. They were, hotel <laughs> they were hotel rooms. Never, it's never been in, in recent years. I'll put it that way. Right. Okay. I've never had that worry in recent years. So. Oh, Dude, man. I'll tell you what, like, I'm looking up now, like on Amtrak, it would be fucking expensive as shit to take a train from here to there. Is it really? <laughs> Dude, it, it could be anywhere from like 900 to 1400 hours. Holy shit. Like I have a $200 credit for Greyhound and I could, I mean, if it was realistic, I could take a Greyhound from here to Australia with that amount of money. And uh, I'll never get back on one of those buses in my life. But <laughs> yeah, that's I've, that's one thing I have never done. I have never uh, greyhound out. I almost had to one time, but I ne- I never oh. did. Oh no no no! Uh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Oh, oh, all right. There's different levels here. There's the value <laughs> level. <laughs> Which is two hundred and fifty eight dollars. There's the oh, flexible yeah, no, level. I would pay that. The flexible level is four hundred and eighty one dollars. Or the premium, which is fourteen hundred and thirty seven dollars, but this has like Holy hell. A, a, it's got like a bed. A double Oh yeah, bed. yeah, like the ones with the sleepers. Yeah. Yeah, that's a sleeper cap. I that would that be so time. cool, like did you really? Yeah. When I went down to Florida, uh, actually, uh, this was, oh, I had to be, I was in my teens, I think. Um, 
but yeah, I, I was having a problem with my ears. Uh, I was having an ear ear issue, so I couldn't fly. And right. I had planned a trip down to Florida, and my grandmother didn't like to fly. Not that she couldn't, she just didn't like to. Uh, so I ended up going on the sleeper train with her uh, down to Florida and meeting the family when I got there. When we got there, and it was that was really nice actually. I liked it. Now it so, doesn't really apply to your situation, but that's cool. That's like a bucket list situation to like bang a chick on a sleeper train. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. That's yeah. awesome. Jenny, what was the airline that you got uh, your tickets on? American. American Airlines? And, and they, I mean, you know, because we talked about this, but that's, like, that's the big problem. Is like I could totally afford an airline ticket, but, like, they're not that guy-friendly anymore. I don't think they ever were. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? Like, well, you... You used to at least be able to, like, pull someone aside and be like, yo, can I get one of them seatbelt extensions? And they'd be like, sure, and they'd hand it to you on the sly. You know what I mean? But now they'll, like, charge you for another seat. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Like, when when I, uh, last year when I did the California thing, um, yeah. that one flight we took coming back, we – uh. They they sent us up to San Fran first, and then they sent us from San Fran to Philly direct. Um, that plane I was on, the I had like uh, the I guess the separation row between like maybe I guess first class and and the coach part. Oh yeah, yeah. And if you can get that row, dude, I had a lot of room. Like I was able to stretch out, and I I, I was comfortable. I slept. And it was it was like no problem, but the other ones forget it. Like I was like, uh, one time, one time I was able to upgrade from like economy to business class, and I swear, dude, the seats were like four inches wider, and they like reclined, and it was like I didn't even need first class. You know what I mean? Just just business class would have been the shit. Right. I did first class one time. Actually, two times. Really? One time was an upgrade, though. For whatever reason, they, they, I don't know what happened, but I didn't pay for the upgrade. They were just like, you know, they upgraded me to, to first class, whatever it was. Oh, wow. And, yeah, so, oh, my God, it was, dude, it was amazing. You know, did you get, like, like, a hot ah, towel and all that? No, well, yeah, I, I don't know what the, a lot, I didn't take a lot of what they offered, but yeah, it was, <laughs> I was just happy with the fucking room and, and, you know, I wasn't touching anybody. My shoulders weren't, you know. Yeah. Uh, I have, I, for, for, a, I have a smaller frame, but I have very big shoulders and a big chest for whatever reason. And so you'd be shoulder like shoulder room, to shoulder with people. Yeah, the shoulder room in most of those flights, man, is just miserable. Um, you know, because you feel like you gotta like pull yourself in a bit. You know, you're, you're rubbing shoulders with people you don't want to. Um, but yeah, that first class, man, I was just off. But I wouldn't say first class. Fuck that shit. Now I just looked up for uh, if from Nick uh, from Sky Harbor uh, Airport out there. To here in Philly, um, yeah. 
main cabin would be about a five hundred hour ticket. If you went first class, it'd be about twelve hundred hours. Wow. You know what though? I have a buddy out here. His name is Chris, and he's a uh, he works for this company called NRG, and what they do is they do like um, lighting and special effects and like uh, props and all kinds of shit like that for concerts. And I was mm-hmm. thinking that if I asked him to come out with me, not only could he like share the driving and be like someone to have my back on the road, but like he might be able to help us out during the show. You know what I mean? It'd be good to have somebody on hand that had a little bit more experience with, like, live events and technical things. You know what I mean? Like, Bay, what did you look up the uh, the flight on? Uh, American Airlines website. Go to uh, do a cheapo air. That's oh, that came one. up. Okay. Do cheapo oh, air. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of times when you, go, when you go directly through the, like, the airlines themselves, Southwest, American, whatever, Delta, they're going to charge you basically, you know, whatever they can. They right. give these these other companies cheaper flights to, to basically sell the plane out. You know, Southwest didn't used to be like that. They used to give you the cheap flights, and when they got big enough, they just stopped. Yeah. Well, they realized probably they were getting more out of it given given the flights to the other place. Right. You know, there's so many of them now too. There's Expedia, Cheapo Air, blah blah blah. There's like ten of them. See, now I, I like this too because it's. Uh... Oh wow. Okay. So now I'm looking up for May, right? Right. You, you could come out here. Round trip. You you can get out here Wednesday the tenth and go back home Monday the fifteenth. Two hundred ninety three dollars. See, that's not bad. I would do that if I could do. You know what I mean? Like, if I knew that I could get there and get in my seat and get like a little seatbelt extension and be cool, I would suffer through like Jimmy was saying, hunching forward so your shoulders are more narrow. But like. I, I took a plane from here to Pennsylvania because my brother was in an accident, and they charged me for a second seat through uh, U.S. Air. And ever since then, I just never got back on a plane. Wow. Well, it was like it was like a hundred dollars to upgrade to business class, or a hundred and fifty for the extra seat. So I was just like, fuck it, I'll go to business class. You know what I mean? Like, And that was the best decision I ever made. Like, Even the snacks were better in business class. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But I have a newer car, you know what I mean? Like, I could drive it across. It wouldn't be that hard. I'd stop in, like, Nashville and visit some people and then you know, maybe Atlanta, and then come right up that way, I'd make a whole trip out of it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, you'd have to, because, you know, once you do it and you get back, you'll never want to do it again. Right. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Because honestly, I'll never say I'll never do that again, because I probably will, but I didn't want to do it 
this quickly. We did it once, man, where we stopped at, like, we stopped at, like, the Oklahoma City bombing. We stopped at uh, Nashville, Billy the Kid's Brave, all kinds of cool stuff. And it took so long to get there. You know what I mean? Mm. And then on the way home, it was, like, two days. Boom. And I was like, that, we're doing that from now on. Forget it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's two days because by the time you fucking did all that shit going up there, you were like, you don't want to do that shit again. Uh, so you were like, I just want to get the home. One, the one thing I will tell you guys is that we stopped at every White Castle in between Arizona and Pennsylvania, and it was just it was like a symphony for my stomach. I was going to say, dude, <laughs> did you have the shits the whole ride? <laughs> I I went to Crystal Burger on the way up, actually. And, uh, yeah, when I got to uh, – I, I ended up – I was fine. I went to sleep, when it got up, went around. But I had to stop, and I ended up finding a uh, a Walmart. Um, and, yeah, I went to Walmart and blew up the fucking Walmart bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So. I mean, that yeah, never happens, dude. Like, there's a seafood restaurant in Virginia called the Captain's Table. I'm pretty sure they have a wanted sign with my picture in the bathroom <laughs> there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. Have you seen this man? Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right. That's well, on that funny. note, let's uh, let's wrap it up because I got to get to bed. I got to pick up somebody at the airport tomorrow morning. Okay. Well, hey, real quick, dude. Let's. Uh, we talked about doing like a list of songs where like you would play a song and I would play a song. So like, I want you to pick the first theme for next week. It could be anything. It could be like rock song, metal song, song about losing your virginity. Like anything you want, dude. Like let's get it going, and we'll we'll play them next week. All right. Now ex- explain this to me. Uh, how, how this is working again? Now that okay, I can actually. So what, I'm, so what I'm saying is, Bay Rackney would be like, okay, tonight we're gonna we're gonna pick breakup songs, and then we'll be like, all right. And so then each one of us will send you our pick for the very breakup song. And so you can upload them to the machine. And then when the show comes on, just like our top five thing, we would play each one of our favorite breakup song or, you know what I mean? But it, it could be literally anything. It could be blues song. It could be song about cars. You know what I mean? Like anything. Elvis yeah. song. I mean, it's like the world is completely open. Okay, so... Uh, we we have to come up with one song each from whatever kind of thing I pick. Yeah, totally. All right, uh, a song that makes you cry. All right, that's a fucking awesome category to start with. Damn, that's a good one. <laughs> okay. Nice. Have fun. All right, I'll. <laughs> I'll send you my pitch. All right. So on that note, all right, everybody. Well, uh, thank you for tuning in. It seems like two days ago we talked to Kristen Burt. Thanks to Kristen. 
Thanks to uh, <laughs> and thanks to Eric Cohn of the uh, Nostalgia Fest. Uh, excuse me. Thanks to Janetti. <laughs> thanks to Nick. And thanks to you for tuning in and listening to Totally Driven Radio. Uh, check out our website, TotallyDrivenEntertainment.com. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Totally Driven Radio, Totally Driven Entertainment. And look for tickets for our events coming up. Go to Eventbrite.com and look for Totally Driven Entertainment. And, I, I, yeah, just Google us. You'll find us. Look for us. Like us, love us, share us, do it all. Until next time, stay driven. See you, everybody. Bye, everybody.